Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Well, that's right. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. A happy, happy Fox Sports Saturday. A Fox Football Saturday live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we're going to help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The fellas, Jason Fitz, Anthony Gargano, Kevin Figures, the Cole crew hanging, just getting started. Good morning. What's happening, Fitzy? You know what? I just had a bowl of Cheerios to start the day off, Honey Nut, and all I kept thinking is, God, a pizza steak would have been better. It's that that sort of morning. Yeah, I got that. I got that yeah. pizza steak fire in my belly. I'm going to send it to you, baby. <laughs> I'm going to send you one. I, I don't. I don't have that. I have no steak this morning. Unfortunately, uh, I have no leftover. Uh, no, no pizza steak. That's sad. That's it. Yeah. But still, it's, I've got I've got the fire. I'm, I'm ready for the next four hours of greatness. I'm on the East Coast this week, not the West Coast, so it almost feels normal. Let's go. Let's, <laughs> let, let me ask you a question because just to start off, I love – I'll tell you that. I love football any night. Like, like Figgy will tell you. I love football any night. So if it's Tuesday, I'm in action, Wednesday, whatever it is. I, I love football every night. And so Thursday Night Football, like, listen, do I think the quality is great? No, but I like it, and I watch it, so I can't be a hypocrite. The only thing I don't like is when my team plays on Thursday because I feel like – I feel awkward. Like, I like I got – now, I look forward to – I love the whole league, so I'll watch the whole slate of it. But I much prefer the, like, Monday night – as to the Thursday night. So the Eagles play Thursday night, and I go, wow, now you got to wait like 10 days to see your squad. What do you think of that? Yeah, so a couple of things on this. Number one, we're going to discover early that I absolutely hate bye weeks because bye weeks are like, you're right, I love and I watch and I, I consume all football, but bye weeks are the worst. Like the NFL could have made this simple. You play 
eight weeks, the entire league takes a bye week, and then the, you play eight weeks. Like, give us all one week where we have to suffer together. But I, I hate <laughs> bye weeks because my favorite team's not playing. But also, now that I don't work for ESPN, I can just say this out loud. I hate being on Monday Night Football. I, I hate sitting there because I have so much angst about the Raiders. You know, <laughs> it, it, like I don't want to sit there all, like all day Sunday. I'm watching every game, and I'm just thinking – Tomorrow night's gonna suck. That's what happens to me all day. Like, because I'm just I'm worried about Monday night football. I'm with you. The Thursday night thing is just such a it's such an aberration. Like it's it's an outlier for the rest of life. So it feels like on Monday night at least you got your boys. Everybody's coming over. You're doing a thing on Thursday for whatever reason. It just feels like society doesn't stop the same way for Thursday night football. Right. So it's a little difficult because. Like when I, when my favorite team's on national TV, I want it to be a moment that everybody consumes, and it feels like Thursday night football is more background noise than attention. That's the part I don't love about it. So, uh, but I'm with you. Sundays just feel weird. I, I don't know what to do with my hands when the Raiders are playing on Sundays. <laughs> I, I I love my favorite Sunday night. Like I love when my team plays Sunday night. No, so yeah. when when the Eagles play Sunday night, you know that's I go. I love it. It's my favorite because then you get Sunday night and then. Which is prime time. It's the big one, and then Monday night, you know, I got it. Thursday night, so it's kind of my rhythm. So, question: uh, This Thursday night, this past Thursday night, Eagles Vikings takeaways. I, I'm going to tell you right off the bat. You know, it's going to take a little while, and this is something that I think all teams are talking about. Nick Sirianni talked about it that he would revisit way he does things in the preseason because his quarterback right now is really rusty. And you saw Jalen Hurts and I and I and I listen, I think Jalen Hurts is one of the great workers, uh the great students of the game of our time. Like he will put work in to get right. But he's not right right now. And you saw it even though they were able to win and you know, they have a tremendous offensive line, as you know, and they dust Swift off, and you see what he does. But, you know, part of this worry, and there's a lot of angst here in Philadelphia because of both injuries and the way Jalen looks early. And I just think it's a, a really a, mostly a degree of rust when it comes to Hurts. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And we saw that across, like, inaccuracy was the theme of week one and Thursday's essentially an extension of that from the quarterback position. It felt like there were only two ways that it went. Either defenses were playing so soft that quarterbacks were carving them up, but nothing was really being done out of it or the quarterbacks that take chances weren't very accurate. Now, one trend we saw on Thursday that matches what we saw last year, and I think it just sort of speaks to what Thursday night football is. I'll be honest, I made I made good cash last year hammering over on rushing attempts for quarterbacks that, that like to run on Thursday night football. And my theory mm. has always been short week, and when it's a short yeah. week, it, everybody's a little less prepared, and when you're a little less prepared, you sort of go back to your instincts. So I wasn't surprised, honestly, to see – teams try and run the football in general on Thursday night because if you talk to you know big fat guys that played the position they'll tell you offensive line gels together running the football faster than it does in pass protection so 
I thought it was a very safe game plan, but it was also a very executable game plan. So where do we draw the line between being a smart coach and saying, hey, here's where we are in a few days rest when nobody's really ready to do this versus saying, well, they look rusty. You know what I mean? Like, because what did we really expect if we're going to sit there on Sunday? Well, he morphed. Now, he changed things. Now, this is interesting because though. They, uh, the Eagles have a new uh, OC, Shane Steichens in Indianapolis, as you know, right. and Brian Johnson is your new offense coordinator, right? So there was, if if you looked and, and talked to those guys um, afterwards, you know, one of the things that they saw was the the RPOs and the RPRs were taken away by Brian Flores. Now, you, they saw Belichick do it on Sunday. And if you saw the way that they were trying to run the football, the only thing that was open was between the tackles and they were able to go with Swift, but they took off the edges from Hertz. So I think that's kind of the next, all right, how do the Eagles, who are one of the best teams in the NFC, how do they now counterpunch this new defensive look? which is they're going to take away the edges of Jalen. So all those RPRs and RPOs, they're going to take it away, and then they're going to blitz you. And the only thing that's really going to be open, the counter, is between the tackles, and that's why you saw Swift have so much success. Yeah, and that all makes sense. I'm just saying – when we sit there and watch on Sunday and you hear the broadcast people remind you over and over week one, hey, there's nothing that can simulate four quarters of football. That's why everybody looks bad in the fourth quarter. All right, then you get three days rest and you got to do it all over again. Like, of course, week one felt a little sloppy. Also, in defense of Jalen Hurts, there was a touchdown that was called back for procedural error that was, a th- you know, A.J. Brown. And then right after that, there was a – it felt to me like a pass interference in the end zone that wasn't called on A.J. Brown. Like, part of this is just once he gels with his receivers, you're not going to be able to defend that offense the same way. Like, there were chances there for them. They just didn't quite connect on them. So I think we have to look when – you, when you watch that stuff back, you have to look a little bit – at the missed opportunities by, you know, a fraction of an inch and understand that that stuff will normalize over the course of a season, too. Yeah, no, and it's a good point. I, I have to know, and so we're going to get to know each other. So I, I'm a, I'm a uh, loser, right? So I, <laughs> I watch the All-22 stuff. I think I'm a coach. I have like a weird, you know, I play, it's like a role-playing, right? But it's, but it's not fun. It's, I think I'm like a coach. So I know a lot of coaches in the league and so blah, 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 blah. And I go, I think I'm a coach. I think I'm a GM. Like I'm a complete delusional mess. So I, I watch this stuff over and over again. And then, you know, I'll talk. So I, I can actually think that they actually care what I say. So when I talk to Howie Roseman and go, dude, blah, 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 blah. He actually goes, oh, well, Anthony knows what he's talking about. Not really. Like he's just pat me on the head, but that's okay. At least I, I, can, I can convince myself. Uh, one of the things, though, when you look at where Hurts is playing, he's late on his throws. Like, there, there was a play early, if you saw, one of the first big plays of the game was to Devontae Smith, and it should have been a touchdown. If he puts the ball out in front, yeah, it's a touchdown. He, he's late. He's, he's, he's not seeing the field. He only had a, a handful of throws. And there's a lot of talk here because this is a very manic town where I'm in. And so when they look at things, like they're going, we expect you to look the way you did in the Super Bowl, right? Like that you don't miss a beat. And that's just not going to happen. That's just not possible. So, you know, everybody looks at it and goes, well, 
what's wrong with Jalen? And, and, and so when we, you and I talk and I'm digesting it, I say it's, again, you got to get in the rhythm. And new OC, not, nothing in the preseason, that rhythm will come, but it's just not there yet. Yeah, I mean, two new coordinators for the Eagles is significant to me. And just look, you know, at what the Buffalo Bills have looked like since they changed offensive coordinators. I mean, I don't think, by the way, it was any sort of an accident. If you go back and watch week one, one of the biggest takeaways is, what do you know, Anthony Richardson looked far better than a lot of people expected because he's got Shane Steichen out there who knows what to do with the quarterback. Shane Steichen has historically been very good at his job, right? That's part of why he's a head coach. So I think – Anytime you've got a new quarterback uh, offensive coordinator combo, even even if we want to take the benefit of the doubt and say, guys, they're all going to be on the same page, we have to understand that that stuff's going to take a second. And yeah. you know, frankly, if you're if you're watching your favorite team and you realize that there are things to clean up, which there are, but you also realize in the same breath that you've got a win over the Patriots and a win over the Vikings. Like, hey, the sky isn't falling at that point. Like, you, you can look around and say, hey, while they're cleaning it up, if they're still picking up wins, like, this is that's the best-case scenario for all of it. Yeah, of course you want that's teams right. to come out and just, like, look like golden gods out of the uh, out of the gates. But other than maybe the Cowboys in San Francisco, did anybody look like a golden god out of the gates? So, right. Miami, I'll put Miami at least offensively on that category. But... I just think we have to understand that this is the very byproduct of a weird preseason for most teams. Like your 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 whole offense is going to be out of rhythm, which is why defenses are ahead of offenses in one week. Yeah, no, no, I that's that's spot on. Good morning, Figgy. Let me uh, bring you into the conversation, my man Kevin Figures. Fig, what do you think? What, what was your assessment Thursday night? Yeah, and I think to Jason's point, just week one, this the, the overall sloppiness that you see is something that we've come to expect over the last couple of years with the way that teams treat the preseason. And you guys brought up the point of what you know the Eagles head coach mentioned about maybe the strategy needs to be different going into preseasons moving forward. So I'm not overly concerned about the way that the Eagles have performed these first couple of weeks because I do think they're kind of working through some rhythm and timing issues, which you know, Anthony, that's the kind of offense that they run. You know, the rhythm and the timing is everything. I think they're fortunate to be able to be able to work through those things and still come out of this at 2-0. and So it's not ideal, but uh, I guess coming back at coming out at 2-0, and you'll definitely take it. Yeah, it's funny. But we we live in such an obsessed football town that's that's insane that like there's <laughs> like they, they want you to chew and out. And Monday, I was getting people were calling ripping Brian Johnson like Brian Johnson. He stinks. I go one game. What are you guys nuts? Just calm down, relax. And then you know they win. It's like oh my god, their back end is decimated by injuries. What's wrong with Jalen? It's like we're all star warriors. You know, I go relax. Two and zero, man. You know the whole thing. Let, let me ask you. Let, yeah. let me real quick. Like, sure. I always tell people. I live by this phrase. It's better be lucky than good, right? Like, because you could be good all day long, but if you if, if if luck doesn't break your way, who gives a damn at some point? Like, there is some element, and I get the angst. I, I mean, as a fan of a, a team that has you know been just tragically bad most of my life, I understand the angst. I guess my only question to fans in general is, what's the point? 
if you can't enjoy a win, what is the point? Because I, I see this not just from Philly, but there, there are right. several markets that get so worked up about all of the things, even in a win. And it's like, man, we know this guy's going to be falling if your favorite team loses. So, by God, if they get a win, like, right. relax a little bit. Just celebrate the dang thing. <laughs> Do you think there's fun in wearing? So, let, let me just say. So I come from a family. They, they were like Hall of Fame warriors. <laughs> my mother, my Aunt Cookie, right? Like they used to worry all the time. Oh, my God. Like they worry about like the most ridiculous little things. God rest their souls, right? Like they, were, they were the greatest. But, God, they would worry over everything. Oh, my God. Oh. And everything was like, like Italian people are like dramatic, right? So if... God forbid, oh my God, you got to say a prayer because you got a hole in your shirt, right? Like it was like the most ridiculous things they worry about. And I think part of sports fans loves the edge, right? Like you love the adrenaline of it's great they won and you know that, but it's there's some weird perverse fun in worrying. But I hear people all the time say, oh, I just, you know, I'm preparing myself for the letdown. Like, look, the yeah. letdown's going to come for 31 fan bases this year. Like, yeah. Why not just wait till it happens? Like, if you go out on a first date with a girl and the whole time you spend the time talking about why she's going to break up with you, you ain't going to get a second date. Like, well, maybe maybe we should just go back to dating our favorite teams. Like, just yeah. <laughs> in, enjoy the night and don't be that guy that's sitting there saying, I'm sure you hate your food and I probably can't afford it. And, you know, I guess you probably think I'm not that attractive. Like, we're, we've all become Eeyore as sports fans. We're just, like, there with our ears drooping in the rain. And I'm like, hey, look. Do me a favor. Don't text her a hundred times. Times, all right, don't, don't, don't do that. Look, all I'm leave saying me, is, man. Leave like, me for a while. Be a little mystery. You know what I'm saying? I play cool. I'm just saying. I watched my beloved Raiders not look like world beaters. I don't give a damn. They're one and zero. Like at some point, I'm just looking around saying my favorite team is undefeated until they lose it. And it, are they probably going to lose to Buffalo? Yeah, but I'm not going to worry about it until it happens. Like I, I'm just I'm taking a different mindset after the majority of the last 30 years just having my heart stomped on i'm just trying to bring some positivity to people yeah that's beautiful that is a great that's great messaging all right speaking of teams that have just gone awry and teams that have no luck uh the jets we uh we're going to talk about that coming up because that is the story of the nfl we'll obviously get into a uh, a ton of college football but is there any worse story than what happened to Jet fans? Obviously, with Aaron Rodgers, we'll discuss that. Whether or not, speaking of the Thursday night game, to marry those two, whether or not they should trade for Kirk Cousins. So we'll dive into that whole Rodgers saga. Fellas, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. You can get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, whatever you got, all your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Fellas, he's Jason Fitz. I'm Anthony Gargano. We got Figgy. We got Shea, Mighty Mark. That's the crew hanging out right here with you, right here on Fox Sports Radio. 
Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fellas. And football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio every Saturday morning beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. It's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. My main man, Brian No, Rich Ohmberger, and betting analyst Jared Smith. Going to have you covered three hours before college kickoffs every Saturday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, fellas, this doesn't get worse than being a Jet fan. Like, all the torture, Jason, that you have been through, all the just angst and torture and everything else, you have no comparison to being a Jet fan. You waited all, like your whole life for a quarterback since Joe Namath, right? Like you waited and waited and waited for relevancy. All, you know, watching the Giants, you know, win Super Bowls and get acclaim. And here you are, a lowly Jet fan from Queens. And your hopes and, and everything, dreams, dashed in four freaking plays, brother. We all here's the thing because of that and the way you just cast it. And by the way, I wouldn't wish that on any football fan ever. Like I remember, where, and we all have these stories, but I remember where I was the year that Derek Carr was playing at such a high level, and the Raiders looked like they might have a thin chance at going to the Super Bowl, and everybody felt great about it. And it was, I think, Christmas Eve maybe, but it was right around then that Carr injures his leg, and the Raiders' season just goes to you know what. And I remember sitting there just sinking in my chair, surrounded by family and loved ones and things that are more important than football, and not being able to focus on any of that because my heart was breaking. You know, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody at any time, but especially four plays in. But we all lost here. Like, if you are – pro Aaron Rodgers, obviously you're heartbroken. If you were anti Aaron Rodgers, the biggest, the best solution would have been Aaron Rodgers came out and didn't play well. Like this, now for the next 50 years, everybody you know that's a Jets fan is going to go, woe is me, 
every single time, and they're going to tell tell you repeatedly about that season where they had the defense, they had everything, and Aaron Rodgers for like for that you're going to be sitting in a home in 30, 40, 50 years looking yeah. at somebody that's going to be sitting there eating their oatmeal, and they're going to look over and be like, yeah, but the Jets remember that one year. Like this is going to be ingrained in the fabric of a fandom for generations, and that just is heartbreaking, man. Like we love this sport, we love the fandom of it. It's heartbreaking to think about the way Jets fans are going to feel about this for generations. I know, dude. I just that's horrendous. And just as a football fan, I I feel cheated. I I got to tell you, I I do. I feel horrible as a football. Like I I was looking for that story. The Jets defense is legit. And I love those, you know, receivers. I'm a Garrett. I love Garrett Wilson to death. You can see two great running backs. Like that's that offense was just incredible. Like it was it was going to be a great offense and and Rodgers was going to be able, you know, again, the whole hype, right? Hard knocks. He's all over Manning, the toast of Manhattan, the whole thing. There doesn't get more of a polarizing personality than Rodgers and it's over. That's insane, dude. It's one of those moments where you just realize that that's you know it's part of what makes every NFL season so interesting. But you think about the air that was taken out of the tires for every single fan. Like Monday Night Football put up historic numbers, but even where you were, how how often for the longest time. Any of us are going to sit there and remember where we were when Aaron Rodgers made his debut with the Jets, what it was supposed to be, and what happened. And to have it happen in such a freak way and to have it happen in such a, a weird way to somebody that that's just not part of uh, the, the lexicon of what we think of for Aaron Rodgers. Like, there wasn't really any consideration. Even when they were negotiating back and forth, would he play 65% of the snaps? A lot of people, myself included, thought, well, this is a dumb thing to be negotiating because what are the chances that he's not going to play 65% of the snaps? And now we see that that looks like that was a brilliant negotiation, you know, obviously. But it's it's one of those moments that – if you think about the way we feel as a fan, now ask yourself, how are they feeling in the locker room? Because I just don't know how you go from the high that you were feeling to the realization that you're going to have to try and get it done with your backup quarterback and you know what entity that is. Like That's got to be deflating for the entire organization internally as well. Even if they won't say it, I still believe it's happening. Yeah, I, 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 that is just crushing. Crushing. I remember being a, a, a young buck and uh, growing up in, in Philadelphia, Randall Cunningham broke his leg. And Bryce Pop from the Green Bay Packers broke his leg in week one. And it was the Super Bowl. Like, the Eagles had never won a Super Bowl. And everybody thought they had the best defense in the league. And everybody thought that they were going to make their run. And everybody was hyped up. And everybody was freaking out. And it's the first week. And Randall, the ultimate weapon, goes down with a broken leg. It was the worst feeling. Like I remember that. I could. I my heart goes out to Jet fans because that's the worst feeling. Week one. I mean, it's one thing if it's late in the season or whatever, but the first week, four plays in, that's even more cruel. And the one thing I would caution everybody is that this this speculation of what he will or won't do. This is Aaron Rodgers, man. Like, we've been wrong about what he's doing in every chapter of his life so far. So maybe just, like, the best approach for all of us 
is to just wait and let him figure out what he's going to do because none of us know. None of his teammates know. Nobody like this is a guy that had to go into the darkness to figure out if he was going to play. We don't know what you know whale sounds he's going to listen to while he rehabs. It's going to give him some sort of great <laughs> feeling that he wants to be back out there. Like I, I'm done trying to predict anything that Aaron Rodgers wants to do. So I think this is that moment too where. They've got to figure out as an organization how much he can be around without that being, you know, a heartbreaking realization. And, and they've got to figure out sort of how to make the best out of this season and then hope hope to hell that somehow, some way, next year he comes back and, and has something left in the tank. I, I, I'm not counting anything in or out with Aaron Rodgers until he tells us what, what we can bank on. All right, well, let, let's listen to him. And, and Figgy, I want to come to you in a minute. Get your take, and then we'll do some trending. But let's listen to, to Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. Give me the uh, the timetables. Give me all the things that you think can, should, or will happen. Because all I need is that one little extra percent of inspiration. That's all I need. So give me your doubts. Give me your prognostications. And then watch what I do. You know, we'll see. See what happens. It, it's just there's a process. There's certain markers we got to hit. You trying but, to say you're coming back this season? Yeah. What's happening? Are you coming back for the playoffs this year? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any of those statements. I don't feel like that's that's fair to myself. I'm just. Uh, Is it a possibility? I think, uh, as Kevin Garnett said, uh, anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> He's wild. I I I love him. Wait, Fig. Can you believe this? Could you believe what happened? It is one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life, to be honest with you. The Jets as a franchise, I, my immediate thought was Vinny Testaverde getting injured. Yes. Chad Pennington came back a year after yes. they had a really good run, and he got injured in the first game. They just seem. I'm not a big. I'm not big on curses. But if there is a cursed franchise in the NFL, I feel like it's the New York Jets. With all the pomp and circumstance in the offseason, the drama in just getting Aaron Rodgers there, the hard knock situation, and you can't even make it off of the field after four plays and this happens. It's It really is devastating. And to your guys' point, it not only sucks for the New York Jet fans, but it sucks for, for us, for the, na- the national fans, the people fans of the NFL, who are really intrigued to see where this would go. Whether you loved or hated Aaron Rodgers, he was at least must-watch TV. And now the Jets are basically what the Jets were last year, a good defensive team with God knows what happening at the quarterback position. Yeah, man. Oh, I, I'm big on curses. <laughs> yeah. I, I <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you about it, man. Listen, they're real. At least my grandmother said that we're real. Uh-huh. But, yeah. but I, dude, I, I, I just can't believe it. Fig, do me a favor. Hit us with some trending. All right, we'll start with some Major League Baseball from Friday night with the Dodgers. Their magic number to clinch the NL West lowered to two after they beat Seattle 6-3. to Got home runs there from Miguel Rojas and James Outman. The loss kept the Mariners a game and a half behind Houston in the American League West. Texas was curb stomped by Cleveland 12-3. to The Astros did lose 4-2 to in Kansas City. Arizona tied with Cincinnati for the final NL wild card after beating the Cubs 6-3. to Chi-Town is at the second wild card spot. They are four games behind the Phillies for the top spot. Phillies defeated the Cardinals 5-4. to You had victories for Toronto, Milwaukee, and Tampa Bay, who defeated Baltimore 7-1. to Those teams are tied atop the American League East. Tigers all over the Angels 11-2. The big story out of Anaheim, star Shohei Otani's locker was cleaned out after the game. The team said it would have an explanation on Saturday. And in college football, Maryland defeated Virginia 42-14. Air Force and Army with victories as well. 
Back to the fellas. Oh, what do you make of that Otani situation? That that's weird to me. Like, I don't think you get to have any sort of grace when it comes to. We'll give you an update later when you're talking about the biggest no. sport and the star in the sport, and you're talking about somebody that's been speculated on this much. Like, we'll give you an update later. Is not like. Again, I'm going to go back yeah, to every relationship acceptable. you've ever been in. When you come in, you're like, if you came in at 4 in the morning and you're drunk and nobody knew you were going out and your girl's looking at you like, what did you do? I will update you later. Like, let me know right, how that goes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most angel thing ever. I'll put it, it that is. way. It's, it's <laughs> angels to a T. That's unbelievable. What do you think it is, Fig? Uh, what's the, the great Hawk Harrelson call? He gone. I yeah. think that, that, that's the vibe <laughs> I'm getting. Whether the Angels, I know what the Angels are going to say. Oh, you know, oblique injury hasn't played the last 11 games. We knew he couldn't pitch. We don't want to cause any further damage. If I honestly think Shohei Otani said, I'm done with this place, get me out of here. I'm not coming back. Clean up my locker. I can leave. You can say whatever the bleep you want. I'm done. <laughs> that is so yeah. angel like. Oh my God, fellas from the Fox uh, Sports Saturday Live Studios. Excuse me, from the TireRack.com studios. Uh, we're brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at Discover.com slash match. Fitzy, what, what do you think? When you get back to to the Jets, should you go out and get a quarterback? There are already rumors surrounding Cousins. Would you go and would you go after Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I would. Uh, You know, actually, I threw a different name in uh, the other day on one of my shows on Yahoo. I threw in, um, you know, Tannehill. Like the Titans have told you repeatedly that they're out on Tannehill. I don't think he's great. But is he good enough with a great team to go in and win? Yeah, yes. I, think, I think Daniel can put up numbers. If I'm the Jets, I like I'm aggressive. That name. You know, like for me, I need somebody that will come in for a year or two, and somebody that will uh, have. I mean, you want to talk about a star that can come in or a player that can come in right now that's in the league that is able to come in and play right away and be effective and also wants to show the rest of the league that they got something left in the tank. It's a great place to go do it, right? Because you're going to look good as a quarterback playing in that offense. And if you're the Jets, you, you need to be overly aggressive because of the window you're in. So now, even though it would never make sense to give up a first-round draft pick for Kirk Cousins, it would never make sense to do that for Ryan Tannehill. I don't know. I'd overpay. And if I'm the other, time, other team, the, I think the Vikings have told you they're quietly rebuilding their entire roster. The, the Titans have told you two straight years by drafting a quarterback. They're out on Tannehill. So none of them are in love with them. So just go out there and overpay. Like, this is one of those Yeah, I love that moments. move. Yeah. You just go out there and give a pay, give the farm up. Just go out there and get you a quarterback. No, I think you're spot on. I like Tano. That's a great name because, yeah, you're in that situation. He's the perfect kind of stopgap, and he's a guy that you know that you got a strong running game, and you know you get play action, and he'll hurt you. Like he's you know he'll he's, he can move a little bit. He's a guy that is first of all it's a great name. And I think he's a guy that you can win with. He's he's good enough that you can win with him. Like without what else is out there? It's not a lot. I mean, you know, Carson Wentz. Like, do you go that route? I don't oh. think so. I think he's a he's a shell. He's a shell of what he's been ever since. So he's been in three different teams. So I, I agree. I think you got to get a proven quarterback. Also, there are very few teams today in the NFL that would trade for Tannehill or Cousins or any of them 
where the fan base would just be ecstatic, willing to throw parades for that guy. This guy can come in and be a savior, right? Like most fan bases wouldn't be doing cartwheels in the streets to acquire Ryan Tannehill. The Jets would. Right, so uh, it, it's a win for the player. It's a win for uh, the locker room. Instead of just getting a veteran that's going to come in and back up Zach Wilson, uh, let's be real. You need to get in somebody that can continue to teach Zach Wilson because whatever you thought that Zach Wilson was going to need a year or two to learn, he still needs that. He needs that time. He needs to learn that. If you believe at all that Zach Wilson can be your long-term starter, then you need to bring in somebody so that he's not on the field right now because you already told him you didn't think he was ready. And I don't believe that a few months of hanging out next to Aaron Rodgers suddenly changed that timeline by two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree with you. I he's that kid's not ready. He's solid. I mean, he can't come in. And what you do is just further just crush his spirit because he's not going to win for you. And all that pressure. All right, let me throw some name other names at you, and you guys. Fig, you can give me a eh or an ew, all right? Because that's all that's really left other than trading. So here's your free option, free agent options. Wentz. Nope. No. <laughs> I don't that, even know what that, sound that was. That's an ew, right? I want an yeah, ew yeah. or a eh. Nick Foles. Yeah. <laughs> Colt McCoy. Oh. <laughs> Joe Flacco. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Matt Barkley. Oh, my God. If mm. you're relying on Matt Barkley to save your season, then just just stop. Just just admit that the, the damage is done. I just put Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall back there and just run the single wing all year long. <laughs> Might as well do that. <laughs> Matt Ryan. Yeah. All right, all right. I got all the guys you've thrown out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't hate Matt Ryan. Yeah, do, right. Do we hate Matt Ryan? I don't oh, know. With, with like to you guys' point, with all the weapons around you, I'm still quite, the offensive line is still a little questionable for uh, from Matty Ice, who's a uh, you know up there obviously one badly. Yeah, so that will be a, that might be an issue. Matty Speaking Ice that, might be the nickname you, for could, him in the ice bath. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Philip Rivers. <sighs> um. Uh. I mean, Chad, Chad Henney. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tradable. Some, uh, some other names other than Cousins and Daniel. Uh, Case Keenum. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate that. Dude. I mean, like Case Keenum is, I mean, I, I don't know. I never really understood how Case Keenum was as, as successful as he was because He's certainly nothing about him. When you look at him in the room, you aren't like, oh, that's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Right, right. But it's worked before, so may- maybe. Red Rifle. That Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's That'd laughable. Could you imagine? <laughs> I love Vicky. I got another one that's laughable. Could you imagine? You want to talk about fan bases going nuts. Could you imagine the Bengals with Joe Burrow? Oh. Suddenly can't get out of the, the AFC because Patrick Mahomes is just being Patrick Mahomes. 
the Bengals are sitting there, and then Bengals fans have to watch Andy Dalton turn around and win a Super Bowl with the Jets. Oh that my is God. That, you know what? Never mind. We've come to this is what I need in my life. I'll take I need it. This, That's I need it. This. Oh this is a level God. of trolling I didn't know could exist. You talk about curses. If yeah. if the curse of the Jets is solved by the Bengals, oh my God, yeah. we've created Can you something that? art. art. Oh. It's art. Oh my God. All right. Let's take a quick TL. We'll come right back where the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, welcome back, fellas, from the TireRack.com studios. Jason Fitz, I'm Anthony Gargano. Figgy, hang on my, my boy Shay and Marty Mark. And uh, Shay had a great idea. We were just talking about heartbreak and just the, the death knell to fan bases, Fitzy. Right? Like, so what was your worst stroke of bad luck? Because I'm telling you, I know Figgy was joking about it, but curses exist. Like, there's bad stuff in the universe that for a period of time, you will get no luck. So give me your most unluckiest moment as a fan base, because I think you have a few. Uh, Look, I could go down the list. I mentioned the heartbreak of uh, Derek Carr getting hurt recently, but by far, when you look at the Raiders and a pinpoint moment that uh, luck, uh, that, that the team became essentially cursed, uh, and it's partially my fault. I'm going to take ownership of this. Uh, we all remember the tuck rule, and uh, I remember where I was. I was uh, I was dating this girl, and uh, I was in her house and with her parents, who were super religious and like uh, very very like didn't understand sports at all. So, and my my language can be fouled during a football game. I'm the first to admit that. So I watched it all go down, and I was being respectful, so I couldn't say anything, and I just sat in the chair, and I, I knew I was beat red, but I couldn't yell because they wouldn't have approved of that. And I just remember the mom looking at me and being like, "What?" It's just a game. I don't understand why you're so upset uh, right after the tuck roll happened. By the way, that was God. the end of that relationship. But the the more important thing is I remember in that era where the Raiders for a few years had been very good. And every year they weren't making it out of the playoffs. And I remember looking at my buddy after the tuck rule and after the Super Bowl loss and all of that. I, I remember looking at my buddy and saying, man, we've been so close for the last several years. I'd rather not even make the playoffs than deal with this heartbreak at the end of the year every year that's coming in a championship yeah. game or a Super Bowl. Then the Raiders lost double-digit games for 13 straight years. I blame myself for that. Like, I actually put that juju. Like, the football god said, okay, prove it. How do you feel about it? So it's my fault. But the tuck rule is really the defining moment of the worst luck ever that I can, I can ever possibly. A rule nobody knew existed uh, haunting my franchise. Well, uh, Fig, you're a Raider fan. Would you agree that that would be 
your lowest moment. We we actually know a dear friend of ours, not a friend of mine, friend of ours, was was actually on the field during the talk roll, the great Lincoln Kennedy, and it would haunt him, like haunt him. Fig, would that be your lowest moment? Easily. 100%. I know exactly where I was, too, and I yelled out an expletive, and I was, uh, my mom gave me one of those, what you say, from the other rooms. <laughs> and I was like, Ma, you don't get it. You don't understand. This is this is death to me. And the, only, and, the, and the tease to make it so much worse is they get back, they get to the Super Bowl the next year and just get worked over by John Gruden in Tampa Bay. That is just, but you know what, at least, Jason, at least for me, the way I looked at it is like, you know what, they got run off the field. I'd rather lose that way than lose like on a last second field goal or something. I'd rather just know that I wasn't the better team and something bad happened that day. Oh, so yeah, I, like, I'd rather I, lose that way. I remember 51-3 to AFC Championship game when I was a kid against oh, Buffalo. Yeah. That doesn't make me cry, but the tuck rule, like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they replay it is like greatest snow games, greatest yeah, playoff God, games, yeah. greatest uh, yeah, unsurprising. The like The NFL Network just like about every three weeks wants to just kick me in the no-no places with the yeah. tuck rule all year long. doesn't matter. Woo. Yeah, they're, they're masters in that. They do. <laughs> like they are, That's the truth. Like where I had the fog ball. Oh, God, mm. I remember that game. Yeah, the fog ball. Like freaking fog. Are, are, you, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> I, like I still need therapy for the freaking fog. Like what, is, what do you mean fog? Well, you can't see the field. What? They, they, they were winning that game. I still don't even know what happened. It was completely a mystery. Oh, where the fellas fox. That's right. That's who we are, where the fell is hanging every Saturday with you guys broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We're going to help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Anthony Gargano. He's Jason Fitz, Figgy, Shay, Mighty Mark. That's the crew. With you, uh, Fitzy, we're going to get into, we'll continue all the curses and everything else because I do believe in that stuff. There's something about the unif- the universe that can lead you astray. Like, that's real. We, we, we like, like fluff it off, but there's something that causes the universe to go out of whack. How do we fix it? That's what I like because I don't I don't disagree with you. I, I, I think sometimes you just hit that patch as, as somebody that's been in that patch of fandom for the majority of the last 20 years. I'm just trying to figure out what the hell I need to do to turn that thing around. Like if there's a like a, a special, you know, voodoo person I can see or if there's like yeah. a special doll I can buy or like special therapist I can go so to. There's like, a I'm lady, all in on this. Right. Okay. So there's a, actually she was a dear, dear. Uh, she was like a second mother. Her name was Etta. Pretaro, my buddy Vinny's mother. Now, she was from Calabria. Now, Edda knew how to take the curses off. First, there was a test, and it had to do with coffee beans and olive oil, and if you had the curse upon you, they called it the malocchio, and if you had the maloics on you, the malocchio, you would, her eye, she would tear, and then there was a whole, like, prayer and who knows what, you know, she's making all kinds of gestures and speaking in this old ancient dialect. And that usually would work. Could I, but could I don't I, know. Like, God rest her soul. She passed on. 
Like Starbucks has like a new line of coffee I haven't tried yet that has like uh, the olive Malocchio? oil or whatever in yeah. the in the in the bean. You know, maybe I'll just yeah. go get like oily coffee. Try doing some <laughs> that. Yeah, maybe. You know, throw some way, garlic in there. You'll be all right. Can, can we just address the fact like you got a buddy named Vinny, which is awesome? But I learned in hour one an important thing about cuz right. Like your aunt's name is Cookie. Right, and yeah. you just flippantly threw that in there. Like, yeah, my I, cookie. Look, the last thing the world needs is another podcast. But you need, like, I need, you know, Cookie and the Cuz. Like, that just feels like that needs to be a podcast. Yeah. And it's, you know, just you know, two Italian people just talking about Italian life in Philly and using all, like, like John has nah, to use a certain number of times nah. a day. Like, there we go. Yeah, you would have loved it, dude. She was the best. So, her and my mother got they passed on. I'm and, so sorry. Nah, they were the great. You like, you would have loved them. They, they, my mother was they called her sister i don't know and then my and then cookie and her real name was mary and but she was a cookie she was like she was sharp like she was very you know strong personality the two of them and they were very close but cookie and cookie was like the uh, matriarch she would have been like a mafia don like a like run the family <laughs> like she had that kind of you know, she was she was nasty too. Like you didn't mess with her. Like if she if you mess with like part of her family, forget about it. Like you, you know, you you would be they find you somewhere in the trunk. Like it, I, it would it would be bad. I feel like at some point I'm just gonna come to Philly and we're gonna go like run through the neighborhood. And by the time you give me the nicknames for everybody, I'm gonna be the weird guy with a little pad of paper just writing out like, all right, that's the, this like as everybody's got a nickname. Like y'all yes. have the coolest nicknames. Like that's what yes. we figured out. Like we need yeah. a nickname of the week from one of the people you grew up around uh, coming into the show at this point. I used to tell I would regale them stories. Fig, you remember Joe Magoch? I remember Magoch. Like Mago- Joe Magoch. No, you can't just Magoch it. Like that's Joe Magoch. Like it just rolls off the tongue better. That like Joe Magoch. Yes. Yeah, Joe Magoch feels- has three fingers. Oh, on okay. one hand and two fingers on the other. He lost them playing cards and among other things. What's Magoch do? <laughs> What's his career? There's no there's no there's no what he did what he does. Oh, he like, does a plethora of things. Yeah, he yeah, you know. Magoch. He was one of these guys. His eyes were bigger than his stomach, they would say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you know, maybe you shouldn't bet that much money on a football game. So Oh man. That's why you don't fingers. like that. that you shake his mini- hand like it, it was the weirdest thing. You ever shake a hand, guy's hand with three fingers? It's an no. alien. It's like shaking no. an alien's hand. It's biz- <laughs> it's it doesn't feel right in your hand. You're like ew. Like it's just bizarre. And, there, and there's just certain places in the world if you've ever been, or certain rooms you've been in if you're gambling or betting on things that you realize that when somebody doesn't have all their fingers that they've made some bad decisions. Like yes. you know that that person's seen some stuff. You know you're just like yeah. yep, you've been through it, man. Like I get it. I get it. Yeah, Put his yeah. Finger on you don't want to be with you don't want to be with Goch. No, no good, no no good. Nice guy though. I mean, sweetheart of a guy. If I, like older, he's an old head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sweetheart of a guy. He's an old head. Nice guy. What are you gonna do? <laughs> things sweetheart of a guy. Things, things Great happen. guy, but he's got three fingers. He's yeah, just yes. <laughs> Oh man! Like it becomes the right. whole neighborhood thing. Don't get yourself begoched over there. Like keep, keep all them fingers. <laughs> I got interested. Yes, and this is it, God's. I got my. I'm telling you, my hand to God. I was inter- introduced to Joe Magoch by Lou Turtle. 
Lou Turco. <laughs> no Seriously. way. I didn't no even know this. No way. No, I swear to God. He's got me on this. He never mentioned Lou Turtle before. So Lou Turtle. <laughs> wait, Lou Turtle was the greatest character ever. Lou Turtle. So my buddy Joe Ben, his older brother was Lou, Louie Turtle. Right? Like, and he loved, he had turtle tattoos. Like before everybody got inked up, like when nobody had tattoos, my man had like 15 turtle tattoos across his body. Like he he was he was a, a cop who played uh, softball with gangsters, like real mob guys. They were all friends. They grew up together. He gets, he gets kicked off the force and becomes a bartender in the FOP. He was a guy that was so like if you needed anything that you shouldn't need, he was the guy. Like he was a bartender, knew everything. Like they one time they came to arrest. Uh, Josie the dog, because Josie the dog had all these outstanding tickets, parking tickets, and because he put the the car in the dog's name, like <laughs> like if I told you the stories that the Lou Turtle did, they would you would be like what? And of course he would know Joe McGoat, so that's kind of how that so, all happened. That's this bar, so whatever. I grabbed this piece of paper. And I started writing down as you were going through the story. Because I'm just imagining walking into a bar sometime. And I got, you know, cousins like, hey, guys, Fitz. Fitz, meet Joe Ben, Lou Turtle, Josie the Dog, and Joe McGoach. Like, I, like again, I, I, I'm, I'm writing this stuff down on my hand. I'm trying to say. And then, what, like, if I'm meeting Josie the Dog, like, there's just a way you deliver that when I'm like, hey, Josie the Dog. Like, I'm, I'm going to sound like this, like, weird middle-aged white southern dude, which is, you know, who I am. But I'm going to sound like that the whole time. You sound cool saying Josie the Dog. I make a whole room uncomfortable saying it. That's the, no, that's the difference. No. It's like, oh, Joe McGoach over there. Like, you, <laughs> there's a swag that comes with the way you do it, man. This is, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> no, it was just funny. One day, I'll tell you, I got to bring you guys. I, I've been promising to. I want to get, uh, I've been telling Figgy, and I'll grab Shay and Mighty Mark, and you got to fit so you got to come, man. You got to, we'll, we'll do a whole night out. It'll be a blast. You'll love it. I'll cook for you guys. You got the whole thing. I'm in. It'll be, I'm in. It'll be a blast. We got to do a <laughs> fellas trip. I had Big Link over. We had the greatest time. It was Christmas Eve, and Joe Ben met Big Link. Big Link was cut, was doing the Raiders Eagles game. It was like 27 to 18 and it was it fell on Christmas. So Big Link is has family in Harrisburg, which is not far away. So Big Link and his uncle came to my house for Christmas. I do a big Christmas Eve dinner. So I cook all the fish and all the pasta and I do everything. And so Big Link came over, and we were watching the game and hanging out. He he's the best, you know. And then you know, Big Link six eight, you know, three fifty six eight. I was gonna yeah. say you like I've I've no, met Link, Link a Kennedy. couple of times. Yeah. Like yeah, like you 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 had to make a lot of pasta because like you ain't you ain't small feeding Link and Kennedy. Like he he is a big boy for sure. Like he's he's a uh, he was, mammoth he was man. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I had such great joy feeding Link. Yeah. I'm like, brother, come on, man. I got another pot, another bowl for it. He loved it. He was just, you know, it was the best. You know, so we'll do that. We got to do that one, one, uh, one fella's hangout. It would be great. I would, I would absolutely love it. So let me, let's, let's talk about college football today because it's not a great card. So it's, it's, it's amazing because Prime steals week three again. It's all about Prime and it's Colorado State. That's the craziest part. Like, 
I cannot believe that game day is flocked to Colorado, Colorado State. Like, I would if you told me in a couple of weeks, like USC's going to Colorado State, or going to Colorado, that's going to be you know that, an epic, huge moment. I can understand that. This is Colorado, Colorado State. Like, this is the sort of game that not only isn't usually on the radar, it's barely making anybody's attention. Like from a national TV perspective, right? Like when you start thinking about the, the conversation, if we were cutting highlights for a college football show most years at the end of the night, Colorado, Colorado State wouldn't even. Make make the highlight show there are so few people interested and now all of a sudden we live in this world where people are flocking to the location because they want every celebrity is going to be there game days there espn and mcafee have been there for days right like you look at these things that they're doing it just shows you the pole of dion and this isn't this isn't going to go anywhere i mean i no. think that every national pre-college uh, football show is going to try and find a way to get there over the course of the next few weeks and, and by the way, we live in a world like this is the two worlds of college football. Now we've got everybody paying attention to Dion, which is one thing. And then on the other side, like today is actually Tennessee, Florida, which for decades was a meaningful matchup that people would pay attention to. And now, like because Florida is not very good, nobody cares. Right. So we live in this strange world where there's an SEC matchup that used to rock college football that is barely a blip on the radar. And Dion is going to be the only thing we're paying attention to for most of the day. That's wild. I mean, it's a great point, too, when you think about it. Tennessee, Florida, and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. And it's it's bizarre. It really is. And I, I don't know. I, I love, to me, the world's right when certain teams are good. And University of Florida is one of them. Like, I, I needed them to be de- – I can't have them being horrendous. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need them to be – a factor. I'm not saying they're going to win championships, but I got to have them, you know, be formidable. This this though becomes one of the things that for all the conversation about expansion starting next year and and the movement from conference to conference, the more big teams that we find in the SEC and the Big Ten, the one issue that I don't think people have really thought about is that there will be less teams that are capable of being great year in and year out. Like, is Florida now going to be a middle-of-the-road program that every yes. once in a while pops up yeah. and wins the SEC East? And if that's the case, is Florida, does, is Florida, Tennessee really going to have that same meaning? Like, it needed years of Spurrier versus Fulmer, right? Like, it needed years of, of great players, you know, the Tebow's coming through the world. It, it, Tennessee sits at number 11 right now, and because Florida's not good enough, the matchup just doesn't have any juice. And I think that's going to be more and more the case across all of these super conferences that teams that for years and rivalries for years that had juice just won't because those teams are going to be middle-of-the-road teams in general. So, like, you know, games involving some of these teams just are going to fall flat if everybody's carrying four or five losses a year. Yeah. I mean, look, look, you know, it's kind of the Nebraska effect, yeah. right? I mean, you look at them, and, and that's what happened. I, all of a sudden, the Nebraska goes away. That's going to take – I think Matt will get – Matt Rule will get it back, but it's going to take him a – a bit, as you see. I mean, you got to get a quarterback. I mean, it's going to take them a while to to try to come come back on that on, on the in, in the nation's arms. I mean, I I look at it. I think you're right between NIL and portals and everything else. There's such sweeping change in like these story programs. They, they, it's just recruiting changes, right? So the the dissemination of the talent 
changes completely. Well, and think about just in general, it used to be as long as it was a conference matchup, people cared. And I think in a modern attention span world, that just doesn't happen anymore. You're totally right. Uh, I think the number that I saw the other day was that the top 40 recruits went to 19 schools this year as opposed to only 12 schools uh, five years ago. So it shows you that talent spreading out more and more and more, which could make things interesting in ways we like we could have a Colorado situation every year. But it's just a weird world to live in where like LSU, Mississippi State, nobody really cares. Like you can go up and down like I, I, you would think most years, at least North Carolina, Minnesota would give us two ranked teams. And it hasn't like so that that matchup doesn't really have any juice to it. Like across the board, it is a really soft week in college football. And that's thank God for Dion, because if it wasn't for Coach Prime, like I don't know what the big story is that everybody would be focusing on this week. Yeah, no, nah, you're you're spot on. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick timeout. I want to come back, and I want you and Figgy, I'm going to go through the top 25 games today. And of the teams, I want you to tell me who's real and who's Figgy. Okay? Mm, love it. All right, so we're going to do that coming up next. We're the fellas as we hang out on a Fox Football Saturday. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Fellas, <laughs> you got something to tell me, Fitzy? I don't have anything to tell you. What am I supposed to tell you? Dude, this is awesome. Uh, yeah, there, there's, there's. look, I'm, as we're doing that, like, I'm a humble brag for a second. As Please. we're doing the uh, the show right now, I'm sitting in my my little home studio, and behind me, I got uh, I'm lucky enough in my life to have a bunch of uh, golden platinum records from the band Perry, uh, a Tim McGraw record I played on, a Matchbox Twenty record I played on, a Grammy from uh, Michael W. Smith record. So yeah, the, the the I was lucky enough to live the dream, and every time I'm lucky enough to get in the car and hear a song on that I played on, uh, it it always makes my heart happy. I it's, it was a very lucky life that I was uh, blessed to have for a long time. So I don't miss the music business, but I'm glad that I was able to make the impact that I made in it. That's a great song. I'm oh, listening thanks. to you too. Like I'm just listening to you play, man. It's it's just great stuff. I I, I, I it's funny because a little inside the radio type of thing. So Muddy Mark is is telling me, you know, mic's up, which means my mic is on, but I'm not saying anything because I want to listen to the song. Because the song is great, I'm li- and I'm listening to you play on it, and I'm going, "Wow, man! <laughs> you know that's just unbelievable." It was, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never In forget. Fact, Shay, can you play that again? Or Mark, can you play that again? 
Can I get more of that, please? Look at that. We're calling it back. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting doubles here. I, I'm sorry. I just need to, no, I need to digest it. All right. So I want you to tell me as you're recording this, like what's going through your, what's, t- t- tell us about Don't it. screw it up. Like what's going through your mind most of the time is don't screw it up, right? Like uh, the funny thing is when you go in to make a record, there's, uh, there's so many eyeballs there and like, they, they call it red light syndrome for a lot of people. But when you're recording, the red light comes on. You got to find a way to play it in a way that just sort of resonates with everybody. You know, and you don't – there's this thought. Like, they think that bands sit there for months practicing before they go in the studio. Usually they don't. Like, so you hear the little work tape and you're like, all right, let's go in and play this thing. So, you know, it there's not this moment. It's very fresh when you're playing it. You haven't – a lot of times you've never played it before. So you're just coming in saying, hey, this is off the top of my head what feels good. So – um, and this it, is you right here. Yeah. Yeah. But, so it's a uh, it's it's funny. Usually like I'm laughing because usually if I die young was sort of the biggest what well, was the biggest song for the record yeah. for the band. That's the one that people usually pull. I haven't heard hip to my heart in a long time. So and then the the, the next trick, you know, frankly, above me on all of that is when you're touring, how do you play it? Like it's the first time you've played it and it's your 300 right. show in a year, you know, like I probably, yeah, cause everybody can't wait for it. Whatever town you go to. Yeah. I mean, I remember yeah. my, my first concert when I was a kid was Bon Jovi, uh, Skid Row open for him. And I remember watching Richie Sambor, the guitar player for Bon Jovi, he exploded on stage. Right. And I remember it was sitting in the crowd thinking, Oh my God, that's the coolest moment in the world. And I was like 11 years old. And I always thought to myself when I was standing on stage, like there was some kid that had never seen a concert before that's out there. And if I die young has like, I was lucky if I die young, better dig Two, done. They all had huge fiddle solos on them. So I had these moments to make impact. And, when I was exhausted and just didn't feel like playing the same set for the thousandth time, the number of times I would think, yeah, but like, I'll certainly never be as cool as Richie Sambora. But tonight, maybe I could impact an 11 year old kid like he did me. So that was all like the hardest part Dude, is in the studio. Like, to me, that's listening to you play the like, fiddle, man. I, that's just, that's unbelievable. That, well, thanks, man. That's you know, just that's awesome. I mean, wow. I appreciate it. Did you know the fiddle it. is just a violin? Yes. Yeah, okay. A lot yeah. of people don't know that. No, I did know that. People always ask me the difference between the two instruments. My answer is who's paying the bill. Like if it's, yeah. if it's an orchestra that you're playing for, they're like, oh, grab your violin. And if it's a band, they're like, grab your fiddle. And now, yeah. you know, that's uh, for sure. Same uh, same thing. But it, it is funny because I It's I such a beautiful proud. sound, man. It's oh, that instrument. It's, you know, it's incredible. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. And uh, you know what? We'll, we'll we'll get the fellas up to Philly sometime to, to eat. And then uh, we'll get the fellas down. Like next time I'm sitting in, like I, I think I'm going to sit in with my buddy Chris Young to play the Opry at some point. So we'll get the fellas down there. Like we'll have a little. Nice I would love trip. to do that. I've never, you know, if that's something. It's funny because I, I did not. I'm not musically inclined. And it, it's, you know, that's that's one of those. Where you go, I just I'm a, I my admire. I, I'm an, I I like to write, right? So that's my my creativeness. I like to sketch. So people that play music and have that kind of ear, I'm just an admire. I just think it's beautiful, man. Well, I can't to to comfort you on the sketching. Like this, when I was a little kid, I mean little kid, but I 
I was lucky enough. I got into Juilliard when I was very young as a violinist, and I was still going to public school while I was going to Juilliard. And I, I'll never forget. I my parents. I came home from music class, and I'd gotten like a whatever, like a C minus or something in music. And my mom's just losing her mind. Like, how is it possible that you're going to Juilliard and you got a, a bad grade in your music class? And it's because we were doing these reports on different, you know, famous composers, and you had to color in the the front of it like this art project. And I can't color in the line. And so my teacher thought I was being like blatantly disrespectful by like oh, not like so I can't so it's funny for for all the musical talent that I'm lucky enough to have I, I like to to now if you handed me a sketch for like a three year old and said color in the lines I have to like carefully trace and then carefully color I'm the worst art person in the world so look you got a skill I don't have no nah, it's but it's just a uh, it's the beautiful it's the it's the beauty of God's gifts yeah and what we all have it's awesome. Uh, speaking of man with uh, gifts, the great Kevin Figures. Figgy, what's trending? All right, Anthony. We'll start with uh, talking some pin and race baseball. They're heating up the final couple of weeks here in the regular season. The Dodgers picked up a victory in Seattle by the score of 6-3. to three. Arizona did pick up a win over the Cubs as well, but LA's magic number to clinch the NL West is 2. Arizona snapped a three-game skid. They are tied for the Reds, or tied with the Reds, I should say, for the final NL wildcard spot. Cincinnati with a 5-3 to three victory over the Mets earlier in the day. Texas and Houston both lost. Miami a victory over the Braves, a Nine to six, two home runs there for Luisa Rise. Giants losing in Colorado. Wins for Milwaukee, Tampa Bay, and Toronto, who shut out the Red Sox three nothing. College football Friday night: Air Force with a victory over Utah State, thirty-nine to twenty-one. Maryland all over Virginia, forty-two to fourteen. It was Army thirty-seven and UTSA. Fig. Maryland, yeah, Terps, yeah, yeah. Tua's brother uh, balling out there a little bit. That could yeah. be a team to keep an eye on in the Big Ten. Uh, Army a victory over UTSA, thirty-seven to twenty-nine. Big injury news out of the NFL: Chargers running back Austin Eckler doubtful to play against the Titans tomorrow with an ankle injury, and Broncos receiver Jerry Judy back in the lineup. He'll play against Washington after missing Week One with a hamstring injury. Back to the fellas. I can figure what your your greatest gifts, other than being a great sportsman. I am not the most talented person when it comes to. I, I guess I would say it'll be writing as well, but even even yeah. then, it's not not a muscle that I've really worked recently. It sure as hell ain't music. I'll tell you that. So <laughs> the only thing I did, I play I played the recorder, which was like was required for fifth graders back in the day, and I barely did enough to get by there. So I am not musically inclined at all. <laughs> Hey, that's okay. You know, if everybody was musically inclined, I wouldn't have had a gig. That's the way, you, <laughs> you know, know that's, 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 yeah. that's the way I got to look at it. Come on now. I was half decent at Guitar Hero. Does that count for anything? Oh, oh that's man. cool. I mean, you might have the ear, Fig. <laughs> so. uh, I, I love me some Guitar Guitar Hero for a while was like meditation because like you could just zone out and, and you know, it, yeah, I, I love me some Guitar Hero. I'm all in on that. Come on now. Now, do real musicians actually get upset when people like they act like they're the greatest of all time when it comes to guitar heroes? Like, oh yeah, I can really riff and play this track. It's so easy, and it's like, dude, you're pre- you're pressing four buttons. This no, is completely no. guitar different. hero is legit. Yeah, that, all right, fine, fine, Shay. Pro guitar hero is legit. But it don't sit here crazy. and don't sit here and try to act like you're Jimi Hendrix is okay, a problem, yeah, and a lot of people back definitely. in the day did. Okay, but there is some level of of I don't know. I, I feel I feel like most of us all pretend that we're rock gods when we can. So like <laughs> I think there's some some commonality of that like the fact that you have to like throw the guitar up to get the uh, the whatever the extra points. You know, right. like everybody nobody just like moves the guitar neck. Everybody's like wow, and suddenly you become like Slash or something. I don't right. know what happens there. But, yeah, I think there's a commonality we all share in that. Like you never stop wanting to be a rock star. That is true. 
Uh, it's fabulous. We're the fellas. Uh, we're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, whatever you got. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save. Progressive.com. All right, fellas. Let's do this. Let's begin our foray into the slate of college football today. And I, there's not a lot of ton of great matchups. So I, I want to kind of go through the teams and I want you to tell me when it comes to, well, can they make the playoff? Can they win a national championship? Are they real or are they fugazi? Meaning, nah, they're not that good and they're not a serious contender. So I'll start and then uh, I'll start with you, Fitzy. And then Fig, you go ahead. We'll start with Florida State noon against Boston College. Florida State, obviously the number one team in the country. Real or Fugazi? Yeah, Florida State's real. Number for three, me. excuse and, me. That's yeah, right. number three. But they, yeah. frankly, they should be number one because they're Georgia. the only team that's played anybody. I know yeah. that they beat Southern Miss last week, which isn't much, but uh, their offense is firing on all cylinders, and they have defense just for days. Like some of their playmakers on the defensive side of the ball are epic. Florida State. I mean, they dominated LSU. Last, like, I mean, when, when yeah. you saw that, I mean, that defense was like you're you're spot on, brother. That defense was wicked. Yeah, they can get after almost anybody. And, you know, look, we all know Georgia and and Michigan are going to be fine, but they haven't played anybody yet. Like, we've seen enough. Like, I'm I'm all in on Florida State for sure. Fig? Well, I've been touting Florida State since the preseason. You know this, cuz, so I'm all all over it. You know, talk about a team that took advantage of the transfer portal and bringing in guys that made an immediate impact. Florida State has uh, done it with the best of them, and you saw it on display in week one against LSU. So, absolutely, Florida's for real. Also, real quick, remember, it wasn't that long ago that people thought Mike Norvell was going to get fired after oh, yeah. one season because he couldn't win that locker room. Mm-hmm. And now he's got a team that could very well win the national championship this year. So maybe we all need to cool our jets a little bit on year one with new coaches. That's just, you know, just a, a little reminder for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, we do. We are impatient. Uh, Penn State, who I'm big on because I love that Drew Alar. Penn State at Illinois today. Is Penn State real? Or Fugazi. I think Penn State's real. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm with you, by the way. Alar has played much better than I, I think people expected coming into it. And again, we're talking about Penn State. The, the, the fat boys on Penn State are very good. So, like, I trust that line on both sides. I think Penn State's going to end up being a very good football team this year. I think, that, I think they're real to maybe sneak into the playoffs if things break their way. All right. Don't mind the puppy if you hear the puppy in the background. I don't mind. I never mind a puppy. Not at all. <laughs> we have a new puppy in the house. Oh, nice. Aww. Yeah, yeah. She's a uh, a Bernese Mountain Dog with a doodle. No. So, <laughs> yeah. A Bernese Mountain Doodle? Is that what yes. they call those then? Yeah, I guess. A Bernadoodle, they call them. Oh, wow. That's fancy. Don't, these, Bern- don't they get huge? Yes. Those her paws. Massive. Yeah, her paws are like. Like Shaq's hands. Those are they like fight like wolves and stuff, right? Like those are like those crazy. Dogs, yeah, she's, right? she's awesome. Like she's a uh, yeah, she's and I, we have another one. We have a uh, a sheep doodle, and he his name is Gagoots. And so the, <laughs> of course, of course it why wouldn't it be Gagoots? Yeah. <laughs> so just just do me a favor. You know the office is close to the the, the doggies are are. are are around 
So I just I, look. I got to give you credit because what what I've never thought of when I named my dogs is like what what's going to yell well when you got to get them. A, but like gagoots, just like you can <laughs> you can yell that all the way across the lawn and like that. Oh man, that's well done by you. That that's that's. No, I, I, it's my wife. She's a, she named it. She named it, and it's it, it all it means squash in Italian. Gagoots. It actually means something. <laughs> yeah, it's a vegetable. It means it's a squash. I mean, but gagoots, the way she but... says it's it's phonetic like G A G O O T Z. It sounds gagoots. like one of the boys you were hanging out with at the bar. That's the first thing. Right. Yeah, no, this gagoots. is my bug Gagoots. Yeah. Like that feels yeah. right. Like, <laughs> like it, that's why I'm gonna give. I'm gonna find one of my plumpy friends and I'm gonna give him the nickname Gagoots, and he's not even because squash. You know, like yeah. he's yeah. not even gonna know why. It gagoots works though because you go like Gucci. Yo, Goots, Goots, like I call oh, him Goots. Goots needed another nickname on it, like Gootsy. <laughs> <You're> like, <"Gagoots." laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but he's a great dog. But the two of them, they fight like it's crazy. Uh, all right, uh, I apologize. Figgy, are you, are you in – you think Penn State is real? Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I'm all in on Penn State. I was in on Penn State last year. They just had to get over the uh, the, the 200,000-foot gorillas in front of them. Those are Michigan and Ohio State. Get over those humps, you're in. So they're absolutely yeah. contenders. And now they have a quarterback who some people are already saying could be the top prospect in next year's NFL draft. Not this coming draft, but the next one. Yeah, I, I love that kid, man. He spins it. He's got a big arm, man. He could throw it and through he a can brick move. wall. And he's, yeah. and he's not small. Move. No. Yeah. It's nice to finally, like, some of these, look, nothing against Clifford the dog, but he was there for, like, 72 years, and right. it just didn't give him great results. Like, yes. I just, I, like, sometimes you just, you look at a fan base, and you're like, man, I feel happy for you guys that there's been a change at quarterback, right? Like, it's just, it was, I'm glad that they've got some electric play there at this point. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. All right, so LSU back in action against Mississippi State. Can LSU kind of, you know, obviously it's only one loss, but can LSU kind of put it all back together and get hot toward the end of the year and make some noise? No, LSU's Fugazi, just partially because I haven't gotten to say Fugazi yet, and I love that <laughs> word, but also because, look, Jaden Daniels is legit. I think Jaden Daniels is really good, but what we learned in that first matchup is that, like, when I see trends carry over, that's what bothers me, and there were times last year that LSU's defense that was supposed to be so good gave up chunk plays, and they gave up big yeah. yards, and we've seen it over and over again, and I just, I don't know that their coaching is what it needs to be to be competitive in that version of the West, like, so it's not just that they lost. It's that they lost in some of the same ways that they had weakness last year, even though last year was a good year for them. So I think LSU's, like, are they a top 12 team? Yeah, but are they a national championship contender? Nah, and that was the expectation. Like, could LSU get into the playoffs and get an Addy? I, I, there's no chance in my mind that they're competitive with the big boys in that sense. So I'm going to say they're Fugazi. I agree. Good. For those same reasons, you got Ole Miss coming up here in about a month or so. You have uh, Alabama, who I think is going to be much improved by the time they roll around in November. The same issues that plagued LSU last year, the defensive backfield, which this is D DBU is supposed to be LSU. They yeah. infamous number seven. They don't have one back there this year. Um, that's going to be a problem for them. So, look, they can make it through the regular season with maybe a couple of losses, and if things break their way, you know, maybe they make it to Atlanta again for the SEC championship game. But I, I don't necessarily see them beating Georgia in that situation. No, no. You know, that's Georgia not going to crush them. That's Georgia not going to happen. Crush yeah, Georgia crushes that. And that's team. even if they make it. Yeah. That's if they make it there, which yeah. they may not. Yeah, no, I, I think you're. I think they win today. 
I think they're at Mississippi State. They're a ten point favorite, nine and a half point yeah, favorite. They, they win. I think they win yeah. and they cover today. Like I, 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 I like LSU too. today. Yeah. I just don't think long term. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Utah. Where are you at with Utah? Utah. Uh, they gave you a cupcake today with uh, Weber State. Yeah, I, I think we don't know yet with Utah. Like, if I'm going to have to lean one way or the other, they don't look as explosive as some of their uh, some of their Pac-12 uh, compadres. But yep. I, I think Utah looks okay, right? Like, we're still trying to figure out because it's interesting. Their quarterback went off last week, but uh, running the football. But what does that mean? They were playing a cupcake, right? Like, so it's just it's hard to tell with them. So uh, I won't say, you know I won't say a cupcake necessarily, but uh, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a tough matchup for them. So. I think Utah's in the the category of pretty good, but not great, right? Like, so they're not going to be explosive enough offensively to, to be able to get mm-hmm. after USC compared to what USC can do. Like, they're, they're a step behind where Oregon is. So they're good, but they're maybe the third best team in their conference. Fig, you're mixed or Pac-12. Yeah, and so what they did, and they're going to start Nate Johnson, who's their star freshman after Bryson Barnes, kind of struggled against Florida a little bit. They just dominated them defensively, and then last week struggled again, and they were able to come back against Baylor. Uh, now they're, we don't know when they're going to end up getting you know their quarterback back. You know, and got injured in the Rose Bowl, and it's he's been out the entire offseason, so he'll make a difference. But their margin of error is very thin, uh, as you mentioned, Jason. They don't have a lot of explosiveness uh, offensively, really, outside of Nate Johnson at quarterback. And unless they use him as a gadget guy, uh, you know that's it's going to be tough sledding for them offensively. It's tough in today's day and age in college football, big boy college football, to win games seventeen to ten. You know, even twenty four to twenty one as good as they are defensively. And that Pac-12 with all those great quarterbacks, I think it's going to be tough to hold up. So for yeah. all those reasons, I'm going to call them Fugazi as a national title contender. And if, Fig, to double down on that for a second, like when Cam Rising comes back, it's different. We all know that. But yeah. also, I just have a hard time presuming Cam Rising comes back and just automatically is like, ooh, everything's great. Like yeah, right. it takes a second to knock that rust off too. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, part of that is just they're just not as explosive as they're – their peers are in their same conference, but yeah, I think Cam Rising will make a difference for them. But they're they're a they're 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 a good bowl team, but they're not a national championship contender. All right, we'll come back and uh, continue down the line. Real or Fugazi? It's the fellas. We're as real as you get, right here, Fox Sports Radio. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Wow. Listen to our boy, man. He's the best. Jason Fitz. I'm Anthony Gargano. We're the fellas. Figgy. Shay and Mighty Mark giving you all the all, all the love right here. That's great stuff. The funny thing is, uh, 
so your left hand on the violin is the one that you put down. It's your fingering hand is what they call it. And it's the way that you, you actually play the notes, you know. And as that was playing, like, it's funny, each independent thing, like, I was still playing, like, I, I know the song so well. I played it so many times. I looked down and my hand was moving like I was still playing. It's kind of funny. Ah, uh, I could totally see that. Sure. And it's, uh, I will never forget, shout out to Houston, the Houston Rodeo. Uh, we at the time we set the attendance record at the Houston Rodeo. Uh, I think it was seventy five thousand people, and you wear these in ears uh, that are molded when you play shows, so you can't hear the crowd at all. Like you can really only hear the music that's in your ears. You need to so you can play well. One of the only times, like the first time in my life, I remember ever taking those out was that because I wanted to know what seventy five thousand. I'd never played in front of that big of a crowd at the time, and I was like, man, I want to know what seventy five thousand people sound like. So when I think of that song, one of my favorite memories is actually Houston Rodeo in the middle of the field, like in all the dirt, and you, you took the ear out and I played the solo and I just stood there for what felt like a minute was probably 15 seconds afterwards just to listen to the crowd and it was like one of those surreal moments you'll never forget very thankful for Houston that's awesome man that's 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 scored a touchdown in the national championship game I think that's why uh, to, to that point when we always tell athletes act like you've been there before I don't know I think so much about the sacrifice at least in the music business that it took to get there I always was like, act like you'll never get here before or get here again. Like, act like, act like this is the last day yeah. you'll ever stand on stage and just enjoy it and soak it in. Like, there's, it's different for everybody, but for me, like, there was just such a moment of like, you worked your whole life, you sacrificed your whole life, and this one moment is something that sticks with you forever. Yeah, I, I, I love that because you know when we talk about celebrations and making big plays, and I don't, I never understood why people would would get along players for having, you know, reactions. Like, I listen, if you're down 42 to 10 and you celebrate making a tackle, I agree, that's a violation. But when you're showing exuberance and real emotion, I, I, have, I never have a problem with that stuff. I, I, don't, I don't know why. Yeah, and, and to that end, like if I'm playing, if I'm having a terrible concert, I'm not going to celebrate any of it, right? But if I'm having a good show and I have that moment, like I just think that there's some element of you score a touchdown. What we see is fans or people scoring touchdowns. What we don't think about is that person that just scored a touchdown and could be in that moment thinking about what their mom and dad and their grandparents and everybody else sacrificed to get them there and the entire thing that they gave up for so much of their life to get yeah. into that end zone. Like all of that emotion comes in like, my God, if we can't let the hard work be worth it then what's the point of any of it? exactly i mean i mean seriously i mean think about it fig you you wind up what people don't see is what fitzy just talked about that all that work all that training like it's real that stuff's real that's kind all that time that sweat and toil is real fig that's why the outpouring of emotion isn't always a guy, you know, falling to his knees and crying. It might be celebrating with a little bit of a dance or celebrating with his yes. teammates. You know, you want to celebrate a giant milestone. Think of how hard these guys work just to make it into the NFL. Imagine scoring the game-winning touchdown in a playoff yeah. game or something and the difference that that makes, the impact yeah. it has. You think of all the long roads you got to get there. But those are things – and look, Jason, as an artist, you you know this. People don't know all the hours you put in behind the scenes. Yeah. They just see the end result and they just say, oh, this right. guy is just so talented. One of the best things I've heard is like one of the worst things you can tell an artist is that they're talented. It's not that they're not talented, but it discounts all the hard work they put in yes. to be where they are. God, yeah. yeah, that's a great point. I was fact by you, and you're right. I mean, eight hours a day from the time I was eight until I was an adult practicing every day, missing out on stuff. It was all worth it on moments like that for sure for me. Yeah. And then, you know, it goes back to we don't we should never suppress that 
never suppress their emotion. All right, we'll come back and get back to our college football countdown where the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, that's us, the fellas, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. We're going to help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast-free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Fellas, as we hang out on a Fox football Saturday, Fitzy, Figgy, we got Muddy Mark, Shea, I'm Cuz, as we, uh, we come to you live on this Saturday, looking at, and it's one of those third week, it's week three, and this is not always, historically, you don't get the great big matchups, so this is kind of cupcake central today, Fitzy. I'm going to vent on this one for a second because this really ticks me off, right? Because this is where the NCAA should have stepped in at some point and started working with all the schools on schedules a long time ago. Like we learned during COVID that schedules can be changed last minute. So we know that they can if they need to schedule with less than, I don't know, eight, ten years notice, right? So we know that there can be more flexibility. And also somebody needs to come in for the greater good of the game sometimes and just talk to schools about spreading some of these bad weekends out because frankly, in my mind, last weekend the NFL went in and took everybody's thunder. Last weekend the NFL came in and said, we are kings, we are what matters. And that's that's true. But if you're college football, I would have made sure that week three, like it would be nice to have a scheduling czar that would come in and make sure that somebody was scheduling some level of greatness here that yeah. would flock everybody back to it. Because like it's just, it feels like such a lost weekend for the sport. And Now, yeah. I'm sure, great, uh, if we get an unprecedented upset you know, and I know diehards are, are, you know, diehards are always going to watch. This isn't always about diehards. Like diehard football fans are going to watch, you know, the Jags play the Titans. But there's a reason they don't put Jags Titans on the first Monday night game of the year. Right. Like you, you, you have to sort of understand the sales pitch of all of this. And I think college football forgot the sales pitch in letting a weekend this flat happen right after the NFL took so much of their. their I, I think that you're spot on, brother. I think you're, you're spot on. You got to keep, always keep momentum. Now, in fairness, I'm sure that, you know, when you think Tennessee, Florida, you think it's going to be better. But this is where your schedules are. It's got to knows better and says, well, Florida's in the middle of a down, downturn. We, we got to do better than Tennessee, Florida as our premier game. That's why all the, all the juice is going on Colorado, Colorado State, just because of Prime. He's gobbled up all the noise. Well, yeah, and now we've got a mad prime that's going to come in, you know, with the whole sunglasses and hat thing that Jay Norvell comes out and says, and all the Colorado guys are going to take it personal. It's just, but Colorado was already drastically better than Colorado State anyway. So, you know, this was already going to be a slaughter. So it's funny because all the hype will be there before kickoff, but by halftime, unless there's some unprecedented result here, by halftime, that game will be boring. You know, and I think in fairness, Washington, Michigan State is supposed to be the sort of game that we look forward to. But again, like Michigan State. I mean, I think Washington blows, you know, blows them out. 100%. Yeah, and yeah, to your point that you said earlier with Florida, this is the same sort of thing. You got to look at it and say, "Hey, let's let's stash that game somewhere else, and maybe if the, we get a little surprise, that's nice." But you got to have a landmark. You have to have a Monday night, Sunday night football game every week on the schedule that people will get pumped for. And there's got to be a way to communicate with the schools and say, "Hey, 
Let, let's make sure that you're the big national game this season. And maybe that can't be done until June, but it's worth it if it's even it's worth the chaos of what it creates scheduling wise to make sure you've got a landmark game every week. I agree, dude. I, you're spot on, man. Think about this, right? Because you, you have enough teams, you have enough, you know, you, you got to have enough cachet that you got to have everybody in on a Saturday night. And everybody in on a three thirty, I, I you know the new big new kickoff that Fox does. I, I mean, I like it, but I always think like it should be a little bit later on. Like I like the three thirty Eastern, twelve thirty Pacific. I, I don't know about you, but if I'm looking at schedules, I'm love this stuff. Figgy will tell you, but I I think three thirty is always a better. I think at prime time night is always the best, but. You know, three thirty better than the noon nine a.m. Uh, Pacific start. I mean, my God, there's a reason that that three thirty game was worth so much money when they started bidding it out, right? Like, yeah, uh, people know that that's a that's a landmark game to watch. You know, so I it just it, it takes somebody coming in and saying, and, and again, I know college football diehards, and this is one of the hardest parts. Like, I'm a, I'm addicted to all of those like bar rescue kitchen nightmares, like, yeah, food yeah, yeah, shows. Like, I love that stuff, and I'll never forget. I was watching one episode. I think it was bar rescue uh but i was watching one episode where he was changing everything and the manager said man if you change all this stuff we're gonna lose our regulars and john taffer's response was if you had enough regulars i wouldn't be here i think you have to avoid from a sports standpoint you have to avoid ever getting into the mindset of like well what what pleases our diehards because the fact is your diehards are gonna watch anyway so my question is if you are a barely a casual college football fan what's the game today that's gonna make you say hey, I want to go to the bar with my buddies and watch this football game. Right. And, and I just don't think, you know, we've, thank God Coach Prime has turned to be turned into such a sensation. People will watch that. But outside of it, there's just not a destination football game today. And that, that just feels weird for the sport. Yeah, it does. And you'll, and let's get back to it because the other thing, and, you know, we were all, all three of us love this sport, right? We love college football. And, you know, part of part of what I love about college football is I love the culture uh, of this great country. Like you'll go into the nooks and cranny and campuses all over the place. There's a vibrancy about college football and how we celebrate and consume football uh, on different campuses, different regions of the country is really awesome. Uh, And I love that. But it, it still needs to be. On the field, right? It still need you still need, you know, bigger matchups that just elevate this stuff. And you also need, you know, more characters, right? And that's why, to your point about Prime, that's why Prime is such. Uh, I, I mean, he gobbles up all the noise because he's such a character. Yeah, and I, with college sports, particularly basketball and football. I think we more and more programs are just defined by their head coach. Yes. Prime is going to be there and be an attention grabber. Uh, Whether Clemson is good or not right now, we're not really sure. But we know that as long as Dabo speaks, people will listen. People are going to want to take a look at it. Saban, you know, made headlines for the way he was talking to to one of the callers that called in on his show this week. So, you know, these are the the personalities that drive – the sport, you know, and, and it, it, it becomes interesting from 
prime standpoint because what I'm trying to figure out now, the way money is flowing to coaches and the way ads are flowing to coaches, I just wonder if prime has sort of opened the door for other dynamic individuals that are, you know, former players. Like, is, is a Michael Irvin looking around saying, well, I could coach and, you know, my God, you want to pay me $10 million to coach plus another 5 or $6 million in ads? Like, yeah. I'll make 15, 16 million bucks, build a good staff that, yeah, you know, let me go to the U. And yeah, go, you know, yeah. How much would Miami pay to have Irvin like on the on the sidelines? And how much of a sensation would that be? So I just wonder if this sort of opens the door for other athletes that are dynamic. And we've seen it in basketball. I mean, it's a great point, Fitzy, because we saw Patrick Ewing, we saw Penny Hardaway, right? Penny goes to Memphis, Ewing goes to Georgetown. Like it's isn't that you know kind of where it's headed? Oh, I, I went to a uh, Memphis-UConn basketball game uh, last season or the season before up here in Connecticut, and I, I was stunned as I watched Penny just get mobbed before and after the game for pictures, which he took. He stood around, took all the pictures, and, and really hung out with people. And, you know, you start thinking about what he means to Memphis. I, I've talked to the local radio station in Memphis for years. I do a weekly hit with them. And, and every week during non-football season, it's something about Penny. Like, it just it resonates for that wow. city. He helps that program make money. Like, it's just up and down the, the board. So you start thinking about – you know, how many schools are looking at it saying, well, what I need to be right now, if I'm not going to be great, I dang well sure better be relevant, right? And a person like Prime makes you relevant. We've learned that. Like, what's the cost of relevance? Boosters are asking that question right now because if name, image, likeness, and transfer portal are going to let you rebuild your roster every single year, man, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if Dion can continue to replicate not just the success but the hype every year. Well, and the portal changes everything, right? So now all of a sudden you get a high-profile coach. He's a magnet for the portal, right? He's yeah. a guy that can do, do replicate what Prime did and bring it in, you know, build, almost rebuilding your whole program overnight. Like that's, Which- a, that, that's very real. Which is why if I ran a school today, like which I'm not smart enough to do, but if I ran a college, I would have a name, image, likeness major established. I would let all my kids that want to be sports entertainment lawyers and agents and all those things, I'd start a whole program so that right now, like if I was recruiting, if I'm prime, I can say, hey, we got a whole program over here that's dedicated just to name, image, likeness. We're gonna, we got kids that are learning how to be the best marketers in the world that right. will market for you. We got kids that are learning how to be agents that will help you negotiate deals along with our professors. We will, we will insulate name, image, likeness at this school. We'll make it a major. And then think about it like, you know, LeBron and, and his relationships changed sports agents forever. Could Shadur have made a relationship at Colorado that, that changes his world forever by deciding he likes this marketing kid and this this agent and this name image likeness person they stick with him forever. Like you could help grow programs and monetize for kids out of the gate if instead of people sitting around complaining about it, a school looked at it and said, How can we make the most of this opportunity? Yeah, that's listen. I love it. That's exactly right. Now who are, and this is an interesting part of the conversation, who are those people recently retired that could make a similar splash? Like you mentioned Irvin Figgy. I don't know if you got any in mind, but think about these people that could be the next prime, like who have personality, right? Who have, 
you know, uh, uh, who can be charismatic because that's the other thing. By the way, fellas, brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit card automatically doubles all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned, double. Seriously. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com backslash match. One name immediately comes to mind. I don't know if he has interest in coaching or not, but he can motivate anybody. Ray Lewis. Oh, yeah. You imagine him being the head coach of a college football program? Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. Totally see that. I think there might really be good. one yeah. thing maybe stopping him from doing well, okay. <laughs> well, everybody's got some flaws in the background. Maybe just yeah, one you know? Everybody's got a flaw. Oh, no, I don't even want to make it. Yeah. Skeletons I mean, in the closet, you know? I mean, the skeletons haven't stopped guys from getting hired over and over again. I think, uh, you know, yeah. there are also guys, uh, look, I they're not going to do this at this stage in their life, but like the Mannings, if this had been some sort of interest for, for somebody like Peyton, he could have done something like this if he wanted to. Oh my to. God. Could you uh, imagine him at Tennessee? Like he would automatically, Tennessee would automatically be uh, a, 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 a contender in a heartbeat. And he could go to Arch Tennessee. Arch would have went there. It would have yeah. been, yeah. He could go to Tennessee and say, I want $20 million a year to coach. And they'd say, no problem. You know, that, that's just that there is no cap to what some of these guys could bring in. I, I think somebody like J.J. Watt, too, like J.J.'s one of those guys that's all over media oh, right he'd now. He'd be great but like, at it. Yeah. Dynamic. Like, we need to maybe start asking ourselves instead because so often we say, well, this former player is just going to slide over to TV. I mean, you, yes, TV is great money for a lot of those guys, too. But, man, if, if you can hire – you know, if you can hire assistant coaches to really handle the majority of your X's and O's and you're just sitting back making sure that you're the right motivator and the right connector, I mean, that's a that's a pretty cush gig for, for a coach, for sure. Yeah, no, I uh, I feel you, man. I do. That's a great name, too. The Ray Lewis one was interesting. I'm thinking yeah. Randy Moss wouldn't be a bad one either. Oh, Randy Moss, yeah, that's a good He'd idea. He'd be too. a good one. He would be fantastic. People didn't Imagine really know him. how charismatic he was until he became an analyst on TV. It was like, wow, this yeah. guy, you know, he didn't talk a whole lot when he played, and when he did, he oftentimes was, you know, had issues off the field here and, and there, too. you could too. see him in Marshall. Yeah, but know? the whole Marshall situation, he was supposed to go to, uh, what was it, Florida State, and that had issues there. But, I mean, he would be amazing. And to you guys' point, to be a head coach, you're more of a CEO than an actual hands-on coach at this point in time, so you surround yourself with good assistants right. and just be the face of the program and the head recruiter. That's really all you need. And the right, relationship, because- like college basketball always, coaches always talk about their relationship to the NBA. If you want to play in the NFL, you want to tell me that you can't, that playing for a, a Hall of Fame former player doesn't help that? Like, there are phone calls that, frankly, Dion can make to people that not everybody else can, that are mm-hmm. going to be received differently yeah. than if they're coming even from somebody like a Mike Norvell. Like, it is differently received if it's coming from Dion, right? Like, he can offer you that from the outset, help, you know, Figuring out who your agent's going to be, who the best trainers are, because he knows, you know, who the guys that can help you get ready for the pros. Like he can, he can help handle all of that, and he's dynamic with raising money. See, you're right, and and both of you guys make excellent points too, because of the, like, figure what you said about the CEO and the idea that as long as you have a great staff, because let's face it, guys, like one of the one of the pitfalls is that great coaches. Most great coaches don't play, don't have great success as play, because of the the the, it, the nature of the the superstar 
who would get frustrated as a teacher because they can't do what they've done. So there's a degree in that. And I think that's kind of why you saw, you know, a lot of former players fail in basketball. Like even, you know, Aaron McKee, who had a long NBA career, played at Temple under John Chaney. I remember thinking, well, that's a great hire for Temple. And and you know what? He just was a flop. And part of the reason why he was a flop was, it's a shame, but like he didn't really get out there and and work recruit work hard recruiting and that sort of thing. The other aspect is guys have to you got to grind, right? If you're going to be especially in basketball, you're going to you need to grind. And I don't know if some guys make a lot of money in the NBA, do you feel like grinding every day? Yeah, you're you're right. And it takes a special type of like we got to ask ourselves in this scenario, how many coaches that you see their number pop up and a kid today is going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe this person is calling. Right. Right. Because that's, that's the other thing that Dion offers. When you talk about recruiting, I mean, Dion's, Dion's whole pitch, I would think Coach Prime, his pitch is he calls and he says, hey, it's Coach Prime, and that's it. Like, I just I took the time yes. to call you, and it, yeah. it resonates, you know. So I think that, that has to be part of it. But you're right. Like, you can't just – you can't necessarily impart greatness if it's just part of who you are and how you, how you were natured. Like, if it's a talent you have, you can't always teach it. But, man, if you're dynamic, you can certainly get on the phone and you can certainly raise money and you can certainly recruit kids to come play. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's come back. We'll get back to our college football reel for Gazy. And then uh, we got some NFL stuff that we got to get to going through the league. Lots to do where the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey. 
All right, welcome back, fellas, on a Fox Football Saturday from the TireRack.com studios. He's Jason Fitz. I'm Anthony Gargano, Kevin Figures, Marty Mark, and, of course, the great Shay. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, whatever you got that moves. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save. Progressive.com. My my little one's got an early game today. So I was just helping him out. Shay heard me. I was just helping helping him out, putting his pads on. Such a gentle father. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, did, so did we uh, Did we get a rain out last week or did we not get a rain out last week? We haven't had the update did on Did you that. not see his Instagram post? No, I didn't oh, yeah. see this. I didn't see, I, you know yeah. what? I was, I was busy last week hanging out with Marky Mark. I don't know what happened. Yeah, fill me in. That was yeah, you got to fill me in me. on Marky Mark, yeah, yeah, man. Mark, like, Mark, Mark good dude, good dude. Uh, but but did, we get the, did we get the rain out? Nah, we had rain delays. It, oh, was, oh, uh, it was baseball oh, and it was a weekend of rain delays. I'm sorry, man. So, I, I didn't yeah. mean to bring the hurt back. That's my No, fault. no, no, no. It was great. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love my youth sports. I do a youth sports podcast. I, I, I love it. It's called Yo Kid Sports, by the way. So you can sign up to my YouTube page. All right, subscribe to it. It's free. Uh, my, my little one's got a, has a football game. They're both boys. So I got a 10, who's Massimo, and 13's Anthony. And both of them play. And he's got a football game this morning, so I was just getting his pads ready. He's got the uniform. He's all ready to go. And then uh, I got my big one plays tonight that I'll take him to. So it's their first games of the year. So we're, we're excited because we're a football family. So what kind, what kind of football dad? Like, because there's, there's so many different ways this goes. Like, you work in sports. You watch sports. You have relationships in sports. You have opinions on sports. Like, I, I'll be the first to admit after my life, like, I'm glad I never had kids, that, especially because if any of them would have wanted to be in music, that would have been really tough for me. And I'm the worst to go to a concert with because the whole time I'm analyzing everything. So what kind of, like, what kind of dad are we in these situations? Are we just letting it fly or are we uh, also maybe make a little side comment there, uh, here and there? Yeah, so we, I, I'm very, like, th- very into this stuff. So, you know, I'm always teaching I help out with the coaches. I I stand on the sidelines, and you know. But I you know I keep my when it comes to the kids, I always let that coach do what he. Do, I said, dude, do you man? And then uh, and then I, what I'll do is I we do our work. So whether it's whatever sport it is, I coach them in basketball. But if it's baseball, I help out, and then uh, you know we do our. I'll pitch BP, we do ground, there's long toss, I mean, like, whatever we got to work on. And then football, same thing. My little one is a quarterback, and my older one's big. He's a monster. He's a lineman. So, like, we were talking about, like, I had the bigger one, and we were talking about, I was like, dude, when you get up, he sometimes will stand straight up. I'm like, you got to fire, you got to stay low, fire, and aim for the hips. So, like, we'll go, we'll go in and, you know, We'll talk a lot of technique. So, but I do that afterwards. I try, and the, to me, the greatest gift, and any parent will tell you this, Fitzy, the greatest gift is the car ride because you're with them and it's just a beautiful moment. Like, we had this baseball tournament last week that was an hour and 15 minutes from my house. 
So it's me, my little guy. Afterwards, you know, we stopped at Burger King, right? We stopped in the morning. We stopped at Dunkin' Donuts, right? I get coffee. He got a donut on the way back. He got a hamburger. You know, so it's all these moments that you bond with your child. It's beautiful. I am smiling ear to ear at how amazing that is. Like truly, it's it's heartwarming to hear that and to to think about that moment. And you know, I, I shared a little about with with my dad when I was a kid, and and we were going into New York for all the music stuff I was doing. I think the coolest part of that that I remember was was the drive with my dad back and forth. Like that was always the coolest thing. So I, that that hits my heart. You you've made one one calculated mistake though that I'm going to pitch you on. Okay, there's there's one change we can make here with kids. All right, hear me out. Hear me out for all the 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 grief they get if you got a kid and they can be an athlete you should make them a punter and this is my logic right the punter long term in the nfl you can make really good money punting in the nfl you can do it for 20 years while you're doing it if you get hit then that's a penalty so you don't have to worry about your kid getting hit if you make a tackle then people are like oh my god i can't believe the athletic play from the punter if you miss the tackle then everybody turns around and says that's okay he's the punter and you never have to make a game-winning kick so it's not like you have to be a field goal kicker you just have to be able to kick it long and in the corner and the rest of the time you work on your golf game. So I'm just I'm making the sales pitch here for the family. Like maybe maybe Gargano should all be punters and then we can all live like I'll, I'll help rep the kids. And then all of a sudden we got a family business going on. I'll take on a, a family nickname. And before you know, bam, we've got an empire we're building. I love it, man. You're a genius, buddy. You're a genius. I love it, Fitzy. That's that's awesome. Hey, Fig, hit us with some trending, my brother. All right, we'll go to Major League Baseball from Friday night with the Dodgers inching closer to clinching the National League West with a 6-3 to victory in Seattle. With Texas and Houston both losing, the Mariners are a game and a half out of first place in the American League West. Toronto a half game behind the Mariners for the AL, the final AL wildcard spot. They picked up a 3-0 victory over the Red Sox. Tampa Bay's won 9 of their last 11. They beat up Baltimore 7-1. to Orioles have lost 4 in a row. Those teams are tied atop the AL East. In the National League wildcard race, Philly holds the top spot. They beat the Cardinals 5-4. Reds beat the Mets, and Arizona defeated the Cubs 6-4. So Cincinnati and the D-backs are tied for the final wild card in the National League. Miami beat the Braves behind two home runs from Luis Arise, while the Giants lost in Colorado 3-2. College football, Air Force ran all over Utah State 39-21. Army, a 37-29 victory over UTSA. Maryland dominated Virginia 42-14. Back to the fellas. Oh, that's us, Kevin Figures, the Figgy, Jason Fitz, Fitzy. I'm Anthony Gargano. Cause as we hang out uh, from the TireRack.com studios, and uh, don't forget, fellas, brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and uh, check it out for yourself. Discover.com slash match. All right, let's get back to our foray around the top 25. Figuring out who's real, who's for Gazy, the Irish. Notre Dame in action 3-0. They host Central Michigan. They're a huge favorite. The Irish, who have not really been tested yet, real or Fugazi, Fitzy? Yeah, so you're right. They haven't been tested. They're about to be tested. Three of their next four against top yep. 25 teams. They got Ohio State coming up, USC coming up. 
I think they're for real because I think Sam Hartman's for real. So, you know, it, it's interesting because we define Notre Dame every year by their past failures. And I understand that. But things are different when you have a quarterback, just like things are different when you don't have a quarterback for schools like Clemson. Things are different when you do have a quarterback. I trust Sam Hartman so much. You're right. They haven't been tested, but they did. I mean, they went out big against NC State and then sort of settled in and let that game get a little closer. Still won by three touchdowns, right? So uh, NC State is at least a little better than some of the other opponents we've seen in the Cupcake Wars. So uh, I'm all in on on Notre Dame. I think they're they're going to end up by the end of the year. I think Notre Dame. I have a bold take here. I think they end up in the College Football Playoff. Yeah, I. I, uh, I wow, in the playoff, that's awesome. If they split with USC and Ohio State, if they just split with those two teams, then by the time they get through this whole thing, if they run through everybody else, and I think they will, they'll have one great win. And if they have one good loss, uh, I could still see them getting in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear Fig. What's your take on the Irish? I'll say they're for real, but it's not because I necessarily love their team. It's because of what Jason mentioned. It's their schedule. Other than Ohio State and USC, I do think they're good enough to be able to split. Honestly, I think they have a better chance of beating Ohio State than they do of USC uh, this season. Uh, they just don't have the toughest schedule. And the, the bonus of not having to play in a conference championship game helps them. So, uh, for that reason, I'm not a big fan of them defensively. I do love Sam Hartman, and I do think if and when they make it to the playoff, they could get exposed depending on who they end up matching up with in the semifinal. But based on their schedule and based on their quarterback, I will say that they are for real. Yep. All right. I agree. I would say you guys are right, for real. Obviously, we know Georgia, the number one team in the country, is for real. How good is Georgia compared to last year, though? I think that's the question when we talk about the Bulldogs. How how good are they compared to the dominance and that, that football team that they assembled last year, Fitzy? I don't think we know a dang thing about Georgia yet. And because you raise a great question, are they anywhere near what they were last year? Plus, they did go through a ton this offseason that I think is has got to be emotionally wearing on them. But the fact that they are able to get they, they get a win over UT Martin and Ball State, like what do we actually know out of any of that? The answer is literally nothing. So Carson Beck may turn out to be this great quarterback, but my God, like I, I'm clinging to South Carolina today, and I don't think that's even going to be a good game. But then after South Carolina, they get UAB. Like this Georgia schedule, yeah. we, we just talked about Notre Dame's schedule being soft. Right now, as of today, Georgia has two ranked teams on their schedule. They get Ole Miss at home, and they go to Tennessee. They don't have anybody else ranked. They're going to run through this schedule. They better run through this schedule. If they slip up and take a single loss anywhere, that is going to be absolutely catastrophic for them because there isn't any resume elsewhere to justify any of it. Like, I'm truly interested to hear what the playoff committee says, you know, on Halloween when they come out with the first playoff rankings about a Georgia team that will essentially by that point have played virtually no one. It's all going to be the eye test. So, I, I mean, sure, we all know how talented they are and they've won two straight national championships. So I have to say they're for real, but I, I just don't think we know a single thing about them right now. Fig, I, I don't know what you think, but I'm 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 stuck in this no man's land with Georgia. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And you know, they talk about how bad their schedule is. I mean, leading up into the Halloween uh, time of the year, who even would potentially give them a challenge at that point? Is Florida better? I don't think so. They're yeah. having a down year this year. So th- the problem is, as the defending national champion, and I know this is supposed to be a year to year basis, not necessarily talking about what happened last year or the year before. 
it'd be hard to keep them out of the top four in the first ranking. Unless, look, unless they're just struggling and for some reason they're, they're winning a bunch of games by a touchdown or less, which I really don't see happening. And if that does happen, maybe there, there is a conversation about having them on the, the outer the outer limits of the four or five spot in the, in the playoff ranking. But I just don't see them having much of a challenge. I will say South Carolina uh, – they have a good quarterback. I like Spencer Rattler, and he I played. Do too, yeah, he yeah. played well against yeah. North Carolina. His offensive line let him down. I think he got sacked like eight or nine times in that game, or something like that. Uh, and Georgia, and I don't know if it means anything because they've played a lot of defensive players so far this year. I think they're getting a lot of young guys some run, and I think that kind of contrib- attributes to to them not really knowing what they are. They only have one sack the first couple of games against Ball State and UT Martin. Now, is that because are they being less aggressive defensively? Are they playing younger guys and not really mm-hmm. going after it? I guess We'll find out against South Carolina. This is a rivalry game that we know they're going to go out and try to win. Uh, so I'm interested to see how Georgia comes out and how what the sense of urgency is uh, against South Carolina. I think how the way they look in this game will give us a good idea of what to expect from Georgia moving forward. You guys both referenced their schedule uh, after South Carolina today, uh, Fitzy said at UAB next week, then at Auburn, Kentucky goes to Athens. And by the way, uh, shout out to, we're going to give a yo to our man, uh, Southside Chuck, who's our resident Kentucky fan, uh, at Vanderbilt, at Florida, or actually, uh, the cocktail game, uh, home Missouri, Ole Miss. Then we go to Tennessee, like you guys said, and then Georgia Tech. So, again, did that the way this schedule is, I mean, they got to roll. So, let's yeah, see and, what happens. And who knows what Ole Miss and Tennessee will be by the back end of the schedule if those two teams will be yeah. ranked because I can see a path where neither of them are. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. And then uh, Alabama, which made some news this week as Saban switches quarterbacks. I'll start with you, Fitzy. What do we know about Bama? Real Fugazi. Uh, yeah, they're Fugazi. And uh, look, to their expectation, the expectation for Alabama every year is a national championship. I just don't think that that's in the cards right now for them. The fact that they're making a change at quarterback uh, after the Texas loss doesn't surprise me, but it also speaks to the fact that they don't really know what they have at quarterback. So this feels like the type of year where they could get caught again. They're going to play a couple of dynamic offenses. We all know Ole Miss is always going to be able to score points. We know Tennessee scores points and beat them last year, obviously. Texas A&M is uh, not as good as they need to be, but that's still a tougher schedule. When you just factor those games in, that's a tougher schedule. They've got to run through basically all of that and then not only that, they'd have to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Like, it's easy for me to find two losses in general when you include the SEC championship game, but I don't really have to work to find three losses for this Alabama team. Like, I'm out on Alabama being anywhere near the playoff by the end of this year. Fig, now you know I love Texas last week. You did, yeah. And uh, both of you guys liked Texas last week, and I did Made not. Some e- money. Yes, I did not expect them to out-physical Alabama the way they did up front. And look, even with that, and as well as Texas played, and the final score kind of got away from it at the very end, just a couple of costly turnovers at the quarterback position, which is why I think Nick Saban decided uh, to make this move. Look, they're not as talented as they typically are. I think we can all accept that. It's just difficult for me to, at this point in time in the season, to go against the evil empire. So, because they're <laughs> Alabama, every time we leave them for dead, you know, what, what, it may have been six or seven years ago, Nick Saban, you know, had that rant against the media. You guys have us dead and buried. We're gone. And yeah. then they went on the giant run and went to the national championship game again. So, it's one of those, I have, I'll believe it when I see it. So, I really have nothing 
concrete to base this on other than it's Alabama and we've counted them out before and they found a way to rebound. So for that, I'm just going to say they're for real. You, you, said, you said evil empire. I'll just say like Darth Vader. But the funny thing is nobody wanted to take on Darth Vader. But at the end of the day, Darth Vader never really won. So, you know, like maybe maybe that's the, the moment we're at here. You know, it's like it's the drama. and They'll keep feasting on the little admirals here and there. But eventually <laughs> Luke Skywalker comes in and, and takes the whole thing. Maybe that'll be Lane in a couple of weeks. He'll be Luke. Oh, well, <laughs> Lane being the hero of a story would yeah. be an ironic how about, turn also. How about that? Yeah. Woo. Uh, we'll come back. We'll look at Duke, suddenly a football power. We'll look at Ohio State, Washington. Lots to do as the fellas move, rock on on a uh, great Fox football Saturday. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fellas, on a Fox football Saturday. Doesn't get any better than a Fox football Saturday from the TireRack.com studios. All right, let's let's continue our real or fugazi. And uh, I got to ask you this because my man, the the Rockabilly Rebel on, on X says... Ranch or blue cheese to you, Fitzy? Oh, that's a simple answer. Ranch is just glorified mayonnaise, and mayonnaise is trash. So I'm out on ranch, and I'm all in on blue cheese. Like this is this is simple. Like ranch, like great ranch is good. I can handle great ranch, but just common like anywhere ranch, not like I'm not I'm not ordering ranch just for anything. Uh, if you look up the ingredients, main ingredient in ranch mayo, mayo's awful. So I'm out on that. Blue cheese is wow, a delight. That's awesome. it's got that tangy I, cheese I despise flavor. mayo as well. Oh, look, you guys look at this. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I despise. Buys it. 
What am I'm I right doing? there with you, brother. Mayo is is disgusting in every yes. possible way. I mean, there's yeah. uh, you guys are wild. Like, there's just there's never better yeah, time. Spicy mayo. That, yeah, nah, yeah, it's yeah, spicy yeah. garbage. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> I mean, what do you eat a sandwich with? Mustard? That's it. No, nah, I'm an olive oil guy. Cause. Okay, yeah, I'm talking to Italian here. Man. Like, so I mean, a, a good a good sandwich. Yeah, I mean, I like mustard. I'm all in on mustard. I'm I'm fine yeah. with that. Like, I, I'm yeah. good with mustard. But like, a good sandwich probably doesn't really need much of that. Like, correct. I, I, yeah, I, I don't need mayo on like. And if I'm getting a hamburger somewhere, like like if I'm going out to Wendy's, which is an American delight. Like, if I'm going out to Wendy's, I'm not putting mayo on that thing. No, no, don't ruin my burger with that mayo. No, so, I agree. Pizza and You're... ranch is that a violation to you? <gasps> Yeah, good pizza I, doesn't I, need. You can't like, say let's, that let's too. Just, yeah, let's I, just no, I can't clearly say, that say one that's thing. Why I'm bringing it up to Jason. Look, good pizza doesn't need any topping other than cheese. Like yep. that's just let's just be real about that. Good, like if it's good pizza, you can just eat it, cheese pizza, and it's perfect. I will eat any other type of pizza because pizza's pizza. But no, I'm never going to be dipping my pizza. Like if you need to get ranch for your oh, pizza, you're my man, Fitzy. Come on, you're my doing? man. What are we doing? You know, what are we doing? It's Figgy. Figgy knows I get freaked out with the pizza violations. Oh, so many violations. I mean, if you even want to call what they make here real pizza, yeah. You start. We can start there. No, yeah. Figgy's I mean, a no. Figgy's a, 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 is a pizza man. He's oh. got a great pizza man taste. And and Jason, we, my wife and I went to uh, went to Italy for our honeymoon uh, last year, and so I had my firsthand experience at real Italian pizza. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you're a thousand percent right. By the way, it, just go over there and just feast on the pizza all day, every day. Yeah, and uh, also, like, that's one nice thing about living in Connecticut. Like, the pizza here is, is it's an extension. Of oh, New York. It's, it's 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 good. Pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. Like, well, you go a lot Peppies? of good pizza places. Oh yeah, yeah, Peppy's. Yeah, Peppy's tremendous. Yeah, it's, that's a good pie. Yeah, I'm all in on like there's there's room in my heart for all the pizzas, but New York pizza is by far the best pizza. And uh, that, there's no room in my heart for like like if I go to the West Coast and I'm suddenly in LA and they're trying to put broccoli on pizza, like get out of here with that. Have, that have you had a pie? In, have you had like a pizza place in Los Angeles and you're like, oh, this is actually good, or has it no. always been like, oh, kale? It, it's all like the pizza I've had in California has always been like, look, I wanted pizza and like this is fine, you know. But there's no like you you get over to the East Coast and it becomes super elitist on which pizza place you're going to, when you're going to, you know. Like yeah, it, it's it's a much different world uh, up in New England, particularly that that pizza thing. Yeah. It, it gets heated. It does. Now, Mighty Mark from Chicago, do you are you a deep dish Chicago style pizza, brother? Deep dish, and then also the small little squares, and you know, you know, uh, little Caesars out here. So I'll, I could do them all. So in Chicago, the, the, if you get a, like a Neapolitan style, right, which is the mm-hmm. thin round pizza, they cut it in hors d'oeuvre slices. Yeah, like little squares. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, which? Yeah, me too. I was just, it freaked me out when I, I ordered the first time I moved to Chicago. I ordered a pizza because I don't want. Like the deep dish is fine, but you can't eat that on the rack, man. Like that's just that's too a much. lot. But I do love a deep dish. Yeah, like Malnati's, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, my yeah. spot. Giordano's. Yeah, yes. that's my spot. Yeah. The odd couple eats a deep dish pizza. Like not the odd couple. Uh, the Jason Smith show. They'll have it like twice a week, and I do not know how they do it. Oh it's my insane. god! And it's I mean, Gino's it's pizza. Okay. It's huge. Gino's East. Yeah. Oh that's my heavy. god. 
It's okay, but here's the thing. Like the best part of pizza is I, I was my grew up with a buddy. I always called him the bones. Like I need the crust on pizza. Like that's the best yes. part. Yep. I will walk up to a stranger's plate that's not eating the crust and be like, if you ain't, ain't going to eat that, I'll take it. <laughs> like like that's the best part of the entire. So like, don't give me any of these squares or any of these. Like the problem with the deep dish is like it's just a total different food group. Like it's fine. It's just not. Pizza. Yeah, it's not like, really pizza. It's like more it of a is. pie crust too. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I out can acknowledge all that. that. I can acknowledge that. <laughs> I and love even, deep dish pizza. Like you can't have the flop. Like the, truthfully, the great pizza stands up. Mm-hmm. You put it to the flop, then you pick it up, and it just flops down. No good on on how it was cooked. No respect yeah. on the flop. And you know you're in the right place if somebody will call out a place for having the flop. Then you're like, all right, that, this is my, these are my people. Like we won't we won't stand for it. Uh, yeah, spot on. Spot on. Great food takes right there, man. All right, fellas, big hour ahead. Don't go anywhere. Fox Sports Radio. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Happy, happy Fox football Saturday. That's right, fellas, coming to you live from the TireRack.com studio. Jason Fitz, I'm Anthony Gargano, Kevin Figures. Shay, our fine producer, Mighty Mark, our great sound engineer. It's the whole crew every week. And don't forget, TireRock.com. We're going to help you get there. on unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you're just joining us, we've been uh, all over. Talked a lot about the Thursday night game. We got into the Iron Rodgers saga the uh, the idea of the of the great curse that's bestowed upon the Jet fans, Fitzy. I mean, can you ask for a, a more devastating happenstance? Four plays in to the to the season, and then he's out. I don't think. I, I think the hope that you have week one in any sport, right, is such a high, and we spend so much time obsessing through the off season. I've, I've said for a long time, I think like your relationship with your favorite football team is a lot like a bad relationship in life. Like at yeah. the end of the season, you're like, I hate, I hate her. I can't stand her. This is terrible. It's dysfunctional. <laughs> and then a couple months later you get to like free agency and you're like, man, I don't know. Like I, I do miss this. And then you get to the draft and you're like, you know, it wasn't all bad. Like some of, and then you get to training camp. You're like, no, I really miss her. And like, it, it wasn't as dysfunctional as I thought. And then you get to week one and suddenly your heart's broken and you realize you're, you, you're still with the crazy girl like that's the whole ride that we go through but week one is supposed to be this perfect pure week of of joy and I, I just wanted everybody to feel that like if if you lose to the bills and Aaron Rodgers plays awful you at least then you can say hey there's next week I, there, it's rare to make it four snaps into a season and then turn around and say there is no next week and for what the expectations were for the Jets right now there is no next week and that's that's a bummer for the entire fan base it is. It's, it's and it's absolutely cruel. Like there's nothing worse than ha 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 that your hopes are dashed. <laughs> the first game of the four plays into the first game of the season, and then to make matters like it's almost a twisted, sick way that they win the game the way they win the game on a on a on a walk off punt return. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but also think about the moment that it happened, and even after the game. 
we all know that most of us got that friend in our friend group that's a Jets fan that you, you're ready to troll. If Aaron Rodgers goes out and throws four interceptions, you had the tweets ready or the text ready to just fire off. You're ready to troll the whole fan base. And even in the win, you'd be ready to celebrate. I didn't know what to do with my friends that were Jets fans. Like I, I, I just I waited a day. Like Even after the win. Yeah, you can't go in and, and, and break their balls. No. They, 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 that's not fair. That's not right. And I can't even go in and say, like, hey, man, great win, because that still doesn't feel like you had, no. to, you had to give it a 24-hour grace period. That tells you how epic this was in a negative way for the fans, where it's like you, you can't even troll your buddies. You're like, no, yeah. well, I'll wait till Tuesday or Wednesday to say congrats on the win. Whew. Yeah, I, no, I'm completely with you. I mean, it's just that's just cruel. All right, let's do this. Let's look at uh, tomorrow's storylines quickly. And kind of go through it. Uh, the big brain's going to be joining us to take a look at the weekend's card from a betting standpoint. But let's take a look at the big NFL stories that will hit tomorrow. The, speaking of the Jets, the Bills' offense couldn't do anything against the Jets' defense. They got your beloved Raiders. You and Figgy got are in Buffalo at Orchard Park tomorrow. Yeah, look. Everything that was wrong in week one, I have a sneaking suspicion, is going to look right in week two. I, I, I think the Bills are going to right the ship. But that being said, I was high on Buffalo. I, I've been high on Buffalo this whole time. They're my sneaky Super Bowl pick, right? I, I think Josh Allen playing the way he played is problematic, right? Like, he made the same mistakes he made last year. It shows me that they haven't cleaned up what I thought they would have cleaned up, but I think they'll clean it up against the Raiders. It was interesting. If you go back and watch, you mentioned how much film you watch. Like, I try and go back and watch all of these games every week. And if you go back and watch the All-22 on the Raiders-Broncos game, what was interesting is that they were protecting their secondary by essentially saying, we're going to leave everything super in front of us and trust our guys to tackle. That's way easier to do when you're taking on the Broncos than it will be when you're taking on Stephon Diggs. So I think the the Bills are just going to be able to chunk yardage their way through this thing and put up a bunch of points. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be a bad Sunday for me. Yeah, I kind of feel that way too, Fig. How are you feeling about your beloved Raiders? Yeah, more of the same. You know, I thought for Buff, I think for Buffalo to ultimately have success, and we've discussed this ad nauseum on this show the last couple of years, they got to have some semblance of a run game. They don't appear to still have that. You're putting everything on Josh Allen's shoulders, and as you saw on Monday night, the more and more you do that, the more prone he is to make mistakes, especially against quality defenses. So for that can be an issue for them moving forward throughout the season. But yeah, going up against the Raiders this weekend, I don't think that's going to be much of a problem. One thing I will give the Raiders, and they didn't run the ball well at all against Denver with Josh Jacobs, who looked, and maybe it's just me, Jason, you tell me if he didn't look a half step slow. Maybe that's just getting his rhythm and his legs back under him, but didn't look to have the same burst as he did last season to me. Buffalo does not have the biggest defensive line, so if the Raiders are going to stay in this, they're going to have to get some traction on the run game and not rely on Jimmy G in the passing game. But I do think Buffalo ends up winning. And I do agree. I, I, I think all of it was a little out of sync. The offensive line and Josh Jacobs together felt like it was out of sync. So yeah. maybe maybe a week helps that. But like, let me just be very clear, y'all. A week from right now, if somehow my beloved Raiders are 2-0, and I will be unhinged. It will be four <laughs> hours of me still being – you'll be like, hey, have you been on That's a bender awesome. for six days? The answer will be yes, I will have been on a bender for six days. So if I'm either heartbroken at 4 p.m. or I'm starting to drink celebrating. One way or the other, going to be a week. All right. Uh, the other – we'll continue to go through the storylines. Another big storyline is in Cincinnati. And speaking of bounce back, Burrow becomes the high, who's the highest paid player in the league. will try to bounce back from his most horrific day 
in the league. He was awful. Uh, you know, we go back to he gets there after the injury. Uh, any concerns in Cincinnati? Uh, yeah, I think for it to be that ugly was shocking to me. But I think Cleveland deserves a lot of credit on the defensive side of the ball. Frankly, this game is interesting to me because Baltimore, I've also, like I had high expectations for what their different offense would look like, and it looked out of sync also. So, yeah. you know, I, I think across the board, baltimore Cincinnati's Cincy is a bit of a prove-it game early in the season of who's going to be able to get it on track quickest. Now, obviously, the, the Bengals, as long as you have Joe Burrow and you have Jamar Chase, everybody's going to feel good about it. But I don't know, man. Cleveland Cleveland brought it to him. So Baltimore's defense nowhere near where Cleveland's defense is right now. I think Cincinnati bounces back. Yeah. Yeah, Fig? Yeah, I'll 100% agree. I can't believe Joe Burrow, coming off the injury or not, is going to look that bad in back-to-back weeks. And I believe the weather's probably going to be slightly better this weekend in Cincinnati than it was last week. So that might help him out, too. Uh, I... I don't know what the line is on this game. If I were a betting man, I wouldn't touch this one with the 10. Bengals are a three-point favorite. Yeah, I would not touch this game because, to your point, even with Baltimore, I think they'll end up getting better throughout the year. Uh, Zay Flowers looks like he can be a player for sure. Uh, but I just I don't know if I necessarily trust either team in this moment. I, I'm still trying to feel out both of these teams, so I'd leave it alone. But if I had to make a pick, I'd take the Bengals. All right, one of the best early games. This is a great game. Kansas City. We'll have Chris Jones back. Obviously, Kelsey's back against the Jaguars, who are potent. The Jaguar offense is legit with sunshine. He's got, you know, incredible weapons now. So that's a great matchup tomorrow. I, I think that's going to that be one of the, the most fun games, Fitzy. Yeah, and Jacksonville was interesting to me because there were moments week one where it looked like they were just going to be a powerhouse. And then there were moments week one where it looked like the Colts were going to be able to take it to them. I was a little surprised at how good Indy was in that matchup, but I'm with you. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is just pinpoint accuracy. It just feels like he's found his rhythm in a way he didn't have year one. That has continued over. This is a big moment for Kansas City. I mean, getting those elements back, but most importantly, what do they do with Kadarius Toney, right? Like, I feel like you got to feed him the ball to show him that you still have faith in him, but also how do you still have faith in him? And then if the play just doesn't seem to go his way, does it start to get in his head that he doesn't, he's not getting the ball like he does have the trust like the the mentals for Kadarius Tony I think are, are significant for me so uh, I expect Kansas City to win this game but also if they don't I do think that look sky is falling drastic but I do think that it's time to be a little bit concerned about what their wide receiver core is going to look like this year so a lot of pressure on the Chiefs in this matchup to me Fig. Yeah, I agree. Definitely a lot of Chiefs, a lot of, excuse me, a lot of pressure on the Chiefs to get a victory here, but I think a lot of pressure on Jacksonville, too. I think it's a big game for them. You got swept by the Chiefs last year, lost in the wild card, or the, uh, excuse me, the divisional playoff matchup last year. You're a young team that's on the come. I know a lot of times your improvement is not necessarily linear. Uh, so a lot of people expect them to make a jump this year. I know, Anthony, you expect them to make a giant leap. Calvin Ridley, if you forgot, in case you forgot, know that he's a baller. Look at the plays he made last week. So, I trust Kansas City, even if they were to find a way to lose this game, to still be good enough to dig themselves out of a hole. If you're Jacksonville, just from a pure confidence standpoint, with a team that doesn't have a lot of experience, I think it's a big game for them. It will be a statement victory if they can beat uh, defeat, uh, beat them early in the season. All right, Chargers, guys. Uh, all of a sudden, they're at a little bit of a crossroads. No Eckler. And they lose the heartbreaker last week in the shootout with Miami. What do you do? Because now all of a sudden, 
if you lose to Tennessee, now you're 0-2. You, you know, I was surprised how poorly their defense is. Then, you know, things can get a little, can go off course pretty quickly. I mean, you got the Vikings, the Raiders, but then you got the Cowboys and then the Chiefs, and it starts to get a little hairy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little, I, I can't tell how much of this I put on just, hey, week one, Miami Chargers, like, great matchup, right? Like, so part of me wants to put all of this, like, two good defenses gave up a ton of points, so I want to give them some credit. But what's what's tough about this, and let's oversimplify for a second, good teams find a way to win, bad teams find a way to lose. Like, the Chargers for a long time have found a way to lose these types of games, so I do think it's concerning seeing an offense that is that good, and a defense that has a bunch of players on it that are supposed to be stars, and then they come out and they just don't look good enough to get that win. So, I it, look, I think the Chargers are a top-tier team in the AFC, uh, but they didn't look like a top-tier uh, team in the AFC defensively. Uh, the Titans won't threaten them the way all over the ball that uh, obviously Miami did. So I think the Chargers probably get right in this one. But, man, I, I just I, I'm concerned with how their defense looked. Yeah, I don't like the coaching matchup here for for uh, the for the Chargers is my thing. So I trust Mike Vrabel to be able to dial something up against Justin Herbert, who is a phenomenal player and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But when you don't have one of the best weapons in the entire sport in Austin Eckler back there, that changes things. Changes things in your passing game and your run game, play action, all of that. Tennessee, I think, is going to have that. They still have a battering ram in Derrick Henry. I know they're doing a bit of a run share back there this season with a rookie. Uh, and the Chargers' run defense was terrible last year and Miami didn't really exploit it last week because they didn't need to <laughs> they just threw the ball all right. over the place so I like Tennessee in this matchup yeah I and you know I have this weird feeling now I know it's way early but I have this weird feeling that Brandon Staley who we always thought was a disaster who despite having a really a lot of talent if things can go awry then there's a new coach, and then there's the leap that the Chargers make once they get a, a legitimate coach. Because I, Brandon Staley, I just do not like. There's very little I like about him. Well, there were rumblings, you know, guys. Sorry, Jason. I know when, when Kellen Moore was hired because he was kind of on a bit of a fast track, at least among some people, to be on head coach watch, head coaching watch. So there's a thought that if things go sideways this year, I don't think Brandon Staley gets the axe in the middle of the season. But if he gets the axe at the end of the year but the offense is productive don't be surprised if Kellen Moore gets the call up to be the head coach of the Chargers going into next season but think about like you may not even take that like if if yeah. you're right with your prediction and the Titans win this game they fall to 0-2 I mean as Cuz points out like the Vikings Raiders Cowboys Chiefs they'll get they'll get a win or two out of there but if they hit that Bears game and they're all of a sudden two and four like I, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine the organization is going to feel very good about this. I think I think there's sneaky pressure on the Chargers to get this thing right. But also, they just lost to a team that looked by far like the best team in the AFC in week one. So maybe maybe all of this gets right just by not playing the Dolphins. I'm with you. I got a yo. My uh, dad, my father, Anthony Gargano, He uh, he's listening in Naples, Florida. And he wants oh, to nice. tell, you, tell you guys he's loving the show. So... Uh, you know, he's always been a big Figgy fan, and now he's a big Fitzy fan. Look at that. I, so Pop's listening. Is it Pop? Is, it Pop? is that what, what the, the nickname is for yeah. him? Is Pop? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, feels, that feels good. That feels right. Like, also, <laughs> Anthony Gargano having Anthony Gargano. Like, this, this, is, on, this is the right way. Like, <laughs> your, your father, it's just all, it all works perfectly together. I love all of this. There's Thank another you, Anthony bro. Gargano, too. 
Yeah, yeah my son's son. name is Anthony. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, this is what I'm talking about. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. when, but when your name is Anthony Gar, like, when we're, your name is Jason that creative. Fitz, nobody's <laughs> ever going Jason Fitz Jr. Nobody's ever going, like, you know, my buddy. I don't know. Jason is, Fitz Jr. sounds like. No, it does no, sound no. like an artist of some sort. Yeah. yeah. I'll say, no, you know, like my father and his father's yeah. footsteps. I like that. My, my buddy Harry is uh, Harry Douglas the fourth, right? Like, yeah. when your name's Harry Douglas, you can be Harry Douglas the fourth, and it makes you feel almost like royalty, right? Like, HD4, that feels like royalty. Like, yes. I'm all in on that. Ain't, ain't nobody calling like like JF three ain't gonna be happening. Like that just feels just, you know. I'm just I'm just saying. So I don't think I have any kids out there. But if I do, uh, Jason Fitz Jr. isn't a good name. But Anthony Gargano, oh that feels good. Feels good. So Green Bay guys, I love Jordan Love, man. I I was we we got a little sneak preview last year, and we liked what we saw, and he looked great in Week One, and. Uh, I I think they got to – I like him a lot. I think he's going to be good for them. Yeah, he looked great. The Bears looked terrible. But also, like, Atlanta wasn't don't, – don't miss me with the numbers. Like, go back and watch it. Atlanta was not good offensively. No. And Desmond Ritter – it's like they are scared to let Desmond Ritter do anything. I don't know what Arthur Smith's trying to do with that offense. So, I, I think Atlanta's a liability in their play calling right now. So, yeah, I could. I, I think Green Bay wins this game. And Jordan Love, the hype – can you imagine Jordan Love starting 2-0? Like, Packers fans are immediately going to fe- feel No like Rodgers and Jordan yeah. Love's 2-0? Fitzy, oh, oh my, my God. God. Oh, my God. And then it's like, oh, I'm sorry. We just went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. They're going to anoint him as the next guy. Like, it's it's crazy. But he looked great week one. And I don't think Atlanta's offense looked like it had any idea what the hell it was trying to do. So, I'm in on Green Bay winning that game. Yeah, they look bad. And Atlanta's placed so much pressure on B. John Robinson to have to be the guy. And he looked good last week, but certainly didn't explode. Now, Tyler Azier is the one that scored a couple of touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, I think Green Bay uh, rolls in this one. And even we talked about before the season started last week, guys, with Jordan Jordan Love. It's not like he has to be spectacular. The Green Bay has a good roster. He just needs to be good. He doesn't have to be great. And so I think he, he can, if he can perform the way he performed last week against Chicago throughout the majority of the season, I mean, there's no reason why they can't win that division. Holy, I, I'm with you, man. I really am. I feel the same way. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys. Speaking of hype, the Cowboys, that's a way to start a season. That defense looks wicked. They take out, I mean, two. it's amazing. The, the first two scores are defensive scores. They're all over Daniel Jones. Now, I know it's the, there's weather, but the Cowboy defense looked pretty, pretty damn good. I, I still don't understand Daniel Jones and the offense and all the hype that surrounded the Giants, and that's kind of how it played out at least Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys just were monsters on the field. How is it possible that Parsons is better this year than he was last year? Like, yeah, how is it possible that he's more, Like, they just had no answer for it. I did talk to – I thought this was kind of interesting. I talked to Jeff Schwartz this week, and I asked Jeff why offensive lines are so far behind. And he said the one thing you don't practice in training camp or in preseason – is movement on the defensive line. So guys shifting from one spot to another, he's like, there's just not a good way to practice it. So your communication has to be spot on as an offensive line. It wasn't, obviously, for the Giants, but guess what? It's not going to be for the Jets either, right? The Jets' offensive line is their weakness. So now Zach Wilson, who's not gonna, not particularly good, is going to have to take on this Cowboys defense. Like, that's just – this game feels like it's going to get gross early on. Like, I just – I feel like at this point, if moving forward, the Cowboys could out – defense get outscore the Cardinals offense most weeks so it's it's wild to see 
Yeah, I, I like I like Dallas this weekend too for, for all the reasons that you guys mentioned, and it could look a lot like last week. Now, look, the Jets uh, off our defense, excuse me, is one of the best in the league, and they're going to show some fight. So, but it's not like the Cowboy offense really had to do much last week because the defense was just so dominant. So, uh, with Zach Wilson back there making mistakes, being Zach Wilson against that Dallas defense, uh, I think the Jets will put up a fight, but I don't think it's going to be much of a contest. I feel you, my brothers. I feel you. All right, let's take a quick timeout. We're going to get our man, the big brain, up to take a look at the weekend from a betting standpoint. In fact, one note, according to Dan Ravel, the, there are two times the number of bets on Colorado laying 23 and a half to cover than any other college football team today. And Colorado, Colorado State is the most bet game. The over of 62 and a half is the most bet over, which is absolutely wild. The prime love continues. We'll talk about it next with our man, the big brain. You're listening to the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, fellas, back. This is uh, this is all. Awesome. Nothing better than having football. So we got our man, the big brain, come up in just a moment, fellas. Coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios, and uh, don't forget, we're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes. Bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, whatever you got that moves. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save. Progressive.com. Figgy, do me a favor. Hit us with some trending, then we'll go to the big brain. 
All right, well, we'll start with some Major League Baseball as the Dodgers are inching ever closer to clinching the National League West. They picked up a 6-3 victory in Seattle, so their magic number is now 2, with Texas and Houston both losing down, girl. With Texas and Houston both... Hey, I said down. Texas and Houston both... The gooch. The gooch. Toronto's a half game behind the Mariners for the final AL wild card spot. They picked up a 3-0 victory over Boston. Tampa Bay have won nine of their last 11. They defeated Baltimore 7-1, so the Rays and Orioles are tied atop the American League East. In the National League wildcard race, Philly holds the top spot. They beat the Cardinals 5-4. Reds and Mets, or I should say the Reds beat the Mets. Arizona defeated the Cubs 6-4. Cincinnati and the Diamondbacks are tied for the final wildcard in the NL. Miami with a victory over the Braves behind two home runs from Luis Arise. College football Air Force ran all over Utah State 39-20. 21. Army, a 37-29 victory over UTSA. And Maryland with a dominant victory over Virginia, 42-14. to All right, fellas, back to you. All right, thanks, Fig. Appreciate it. Don't, you don't forget, be sure to stay right here every Saturday morning, beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, for Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. My main man, Brian No, Rich Ornberger, betting analyst Jared Smith, will have you covered three hours before college kickoffs every Saturday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And finally, we get to see our man, the big brain, big brain. Tell us about your college football Saturday. Uh, good morning, Zanthi. Yeah, it should be a great Saturday, my friend. Big slate. Not as many top-heavy games as we've seen maybe uh, in a quote-unquote great week of college football, but still enough good bets that I found that I'm looking forward to putting in, that I've already put in. I love so, it. So hit me then with a little bit of knowledge here, because when we've got games like this this weekend that where a lot of them could be blowouts and we see huge point spreads, do you get nervous like when you're looking at some of these spreads at the thought of, hey, this starter might get pulled, this team might take the gas off the brake, to pull the foot off the gas, you know what I mean? Like, do you get nervous about the large spreads? Well, it's interesting, great question. Yeah, it's funny. Normally, I will. I am very um, not willing to lay these big numbers because of that. What I'll maybe do is, if I like a big favorite, let's say if I like the big a team laying thirty four points, maybe I'll lay in the first half twenty and and just say okay, because I know for the first half you you always get max effort for one half, okay, and then the second half again, one of my favorite tricks. When you get those games, Alabama's the king of this. Alabama, let's say, is a 37-point favorite. They're up 31 nothing at halftime. That second half ends like 7-3 Alabama, 7 nothing Alabama. I'll look to hammer the under because what you get in situations like that are run after run after run from the favorite. And then the, the, the underdog who can't even match up physically just isn't good enough to score the ball. But if I like a big favorite, much more apt to do it in the first half because of exactly what you said. I don't want to have to I eliminate, I eliminate um, having to deal with those backdoor covers. Uh, the team is not putting in their, their top players. Uh, so I'd much rather lay a few more points in the first half, knowing that I get a maximum effort. Makes sense. It makes perfect sense. All right. With, uh, why don't you hit us with some selections and you just run through them. All right. So what are you looking at today that we should be on? You know, it's interesting. Kansas State, Anthony, look, I, I'm a big fan of their quarterback. I think Howard's like a really good player. Uh, Missouri, I think, is a very okay 
SEC team. Kansas State's playing three. I think Kansas State, you know, they're defending. They were in the Big 12 championship. They won the Big 12 championship last year. Um, and if you look at, you know, Howard, his only time he's ever lost in his career was to Bryce Young. Um, I mean, I don't really think Missouri has much. They can't run the ball at all. Um, I was surprised that Kansas State's only laying three here. My numbers made this closer to a touchdown. I'm going to take Kansas State. I think I have a pretty decent team there against a pretty mediocre team. I think that line's just too low. Um, Anthony, Oklahoma, again, interesting. It seems like since 1562, they've had a bad defense. Maybe they're fooling me this year, but I feel like right now they actually have a good defense. I think that, you know, because they played a pretty talented SMU team, and they shut them down pretty good. They really locked them down. Um, I like the under in Oklahoma, Tulsa, under 59 points. Um, well, I know Dylan Gabriel and company will, will do their share to score points. I have no doubt that Oklahoma is going to score 34-plus or whatnot. I can see Tulsa flat out, you know, getting 10 or less. And I actually think that's what's going to happen. Um, I don't think there's going to be 60 points in this game. I think Oklahoma – Again, maybe I'm being fooled. Maybe I'm being tricked. But I actually think they finally have a defense to uh, to maybe you know keep up with their offense this year. I don't think we're going to get 60 points in that game. Um, and that's just you know just my opinion, Anthony. Now I'll give you another one: LSU against Mississippi State. LSU's laying less than 10. My numbers made this 12, uh, and you could lay nine. Look, I don't think Mississippi State's really that good. I mean, they got very lucky to beat. God awful Arizona team, and they only won because they were plus four in turnovers. When you're plus four in turnovers, Anthony, you should be winning that game by double digits, left yeah. in overtime. I know LSU had the horrible, disappointing performance against Flaw State, but I do believe in the team. I just as importantly, I believe in the coach. Um, I think LSU should be able to win this game by two touchdowns, laying single digits. I'm going to take my chances. Um, this one's maybe more of a field play, Anthony. Georgia, you know, I know they haven't given up any points. I get it. But just watching them, I I haven't really been that impressed. I know their scores look okay when you see them at the end of the games, but I feel like South Carolina can maybe keep that game a little bit close. 27 points is just a little bit too high. I understand how bad South Carolina's defense – I'm sorry, their offense. Look, they allowed nine sacks versus North Carolina. But just something about me tells me that Georgia – uh, should not be favored by about four touchdowns this one. I'm, I like the underdog in South Carolina. So one note that uh, we were talking about earlier is uh, Darren Bell tweeted out, there's two times the number of bets on Colorado to cover than any other college yeah. football team, and everybody seems to be putting a ton of money on the over. How does that impact? I mean, that that's the, the public like the falling in love. Too. Do you? Yeah, I like the over in that game, too, uh, Jason. Like, I, I – it's interesting. You know, Colorado, that's the team, not just me, but basically any, any pro handicapper. I've, I've, I have up, upgraded Colorado more than any other team in my entire board. Um, and, again, you have to adjust with the times. I, am, I did not see this coming. But Sanders, talking about the player, Shador, looks absolutely terrific to me. And, listen, the game like this, again, and I think they showed it last week, um, whether it's – fake or not, or it's, it's, but they, they seem to play like it. If, you know, what Norvell did to upset this, you know, Dion and, and maybe the team, maybe they will, I, you know, they will want to stick it to them and say, you listen, it's 42 nothing or, you know, 42 10. Let's make it 49 10. Let's make it 56 10. Let's make it 63 10. You, you know, you want to come after me? I'll come after you. So 
you get the over in that because uh, maybe in a situation where he would maybe be have to take the foot off the brakes, maybe he's going to go James Franklin on him. Yeah, I could totally see that. All right, let's switch to the big boys. And uh, don't forget, we're talking to the big brain. And before we get to the NFL, real quick, big brain, if people want more of you, which I highly suggest, what do they do? Yeah, right on my website, Anthony, uh, at, on Twitter, at Brad's Best Bets. Have a ton of props, ton of games. You get everything. Uh, my futures, everything out there. You know, I'll win for you. Um, yeah, I try to give good information. Uh, and, again, I – all I can say is I've been doing this for years, and uh, I think if you, you know, give it a chance, I think you'll be happy. All right. Uh, big brain looking tomorrow. Interesting matchups. I, I, we talked about it earlier. I love the Packers tomorrow in Atlanta. I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in Jordan Love. Yeah, Anthony, that, it, it's interesting. Um, that's not one of the games on my card, but I will say that, and that line's actually – that line's actually moved, Anthony. That line, I think, opened Green Bay by one, one and a half. Now it's Atlanta by two. I lean Green Bay. I like Green Bay in teasers. You can get Green Bay up from plus two to plus eight. That would be my lean in this game. I did bet Desmond Ritter uh, under 186 passing yards, and I bet um, Drake London under 47 and a half receiving yards. You know, to me, you know, Jair Alexander is one of the best cornerbacks in all the. NFL, and we saw, you know, Atlanta just you know go extremely run centric against Carolina. Um, I think Green Bay is a decent defense, so again, I don't, I'm not expecting, uh, and I like the under in the game too. If you, especially if you can find a 41, um, I think it's going to be hard for Atlanta to score a lot of points in this one. And I think anything they're going to do is going to be try to be on the ground. So, what's a game on the NFL slate that you look at that you feel the most confident for? My favorite bet, Jason, would probably be, look, you know, I like the Bengals. I do. Look, I know, what did we see last week? We saw a Bengals team that was god-awful. I get it. Joe Burrow coming off the injury did absolutely nothing. I think, see, having watched every snap, I think, in very careful, I think a lot of that, I think, was weather-related. Uh, and Baltimore, I know you look at the final score, and like, huh, they killed the Texans. They really didn't. Um, and I didn't think they looked that sharp, quite honestly. And they're missing – Linderbaum, Ronnie Stanley, their two best offensive linemen. They're missing their two, you know, their two best corners, uh, Humphrey, um, and then they're missing uh, J.K. Dobbins before Torres Achilles. You know, they're out five starters this week. To me, this line, if everyone was healthy, if there was not one injury, my power rankings make the Bengals a three-and-a-half-point favorite, okay? I'm laying three. With five starters down again, I think this line is honestly, you know, should should be closer to at least another two points. Um, I think three is way too light. I, I think the Bengals at home get healthy. Um, I like them to beat Baltimore here. Uh, curious about the Sunday nighter, Miami, which looks so potent against the Chargers offensively, too, with a monster day against New England. More of a defensive type team. I'm yeah. curious in New England, Patriots fall to 0 2. How do you see this game? Yeah, it's interesting. These are, these are two teams, Anthony, that I, I respect both of them. I really not looking to go against either team because I think both these teams could be underrated. But I did bet the Patriots. I did. Uh, I that's the, the sharp side. Yeah. 
Yeah, I took the Patriots plus three. Uh, look, but it's not it's not an anti-Miami play. It's just more, I think New England's good. I think they have a very good defense. And I thought last week against Philadelphia, they did everything except win the game. They severely outplayed uh, Philadelphia, in my opinion, at least. Uh, but they just, they just made... You know, at the beginning, some mistakes. But I actually thought Mac Jones looked good. Um, and I feel like, again, I think the Patriots, my numbers made this closer to Miami by two. You say, what's the difference between two and three? Everything is the answer. That's the difference between a, you know, a 56%, 55% winning bet and a, and a 50% winning bet, which is profitable versus non-profitable. So I think the Patriots keep this one very tight. And I think they have a very good chance to win it outright. All right. Yeah, well, listen, man, great stuff as always. Any other ones you love we didn't cover? Uh, I did play Denver laying three and a half. Um, I thought Washington got a little bit of a phony win last week over Arizona. was not impressed with them at all. Denver, I know they didn't play great. I was at the game, but I, I think Russell Wilson did look better. I think they beat Washington by a touchdown. That's called away the three and a half. And I just never doubt Mike Tomlin, Anthony, like Pittsburgh and, and teasers getting up to eight and a half. I think they win the game outright against Cleveland. That's awesome. Hey, man, great stuff. We love you, big brain. Thanks for everything. Thanks, brother. Thank you, guys. Take care. There he is, the big brain, man. Laying some knowledge, Fitzy. I'm going to, by the way, every time I hear Big Brain, it makes me think of Bobby the Brain Heenan, like my 80s wrestling uh, <laughs> fandom comes out there. Like, I'm going to need him. Like, Big Brain's going to have to wear it. Like, when we do that group hang at some point, he's going to have to go full Bobby the Brain Heenan, wear, like, the, the nice little suit. Yes. You know, I got the clean look going. I feel that, that, that that's that's coming in our future. I started calling him Big Brain because his name's Brad, and it was Pulp Fiction reference. Oh, that's well done. See, like, not only do you have the best nicknames, but you help come up with the best nicknames. It's like it's all talent for you. <laughs> Thanks, brother. All right, we're going to come back, take a quick T.O., and uh, we'll wrap it up. I'm very uh, – we, well, listen, we want to thank you guys for uh, hanging with us all morning. I mean, it goes by really fast. We, we really enjoy this, and uh, so we're hoping that you guys do as well. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Here's the pitch. And that is swung on in line. Down the left field line. Fair ball. Fair ball. That's going to clear the bases. A base is loaded. Three run double for Stallings in the bottom of the seventh. The Marlins lead nine to six. Wow, that was a great call. Marlins radio, and that's our progressive play today. Marlins wind up winning off of that 9-6 take out Atlanta progressive play today. Progressive is making things even easier. They're going to help you bundle your home, your car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. You a baseball man, Fitzy? Nah, uh, I mean, obviously for what we do, yes. Um, you know, but it's it wasn't necessarily a key sport for me growing up. So for me, as I got older, like I follow it because it's part of what we have to do sure. uh, in Sports Talk Radio. But I never had a favorite team. Now, as you know, and as we've talked about over the last few weeks, everything that happens in Vegas I identify with. So, like, I'm I'm a Raiders fan and now an, an Aces fan and a Golden Knights fan. So I, I will become a, a an Ace Ace fan. fan. Yeah. Uh, but that also feels, like, miserable. Like, I, I'm, I'm sitting there saying, man, I've gone through a lot of tough years other than the Aces uh, who are just crushing it. Like, I've gone through mostly tough years as a fan. Like, couldn't a really good team have moved to Vegas? <laughs> That's all. I mean, uh, the, and now the Golden Knights have given me a Stanley Cup championship. I, I feel uh, I feel spoiled now. I just, you know, I, I don't know. It's interesting because if the A's go to Vegas, I will become a huge lifelong diehard supporter. But they better understand they need to spend money in that city because there are too many options to, for the dollar for you to be a yeah. bad baseball team in a city like that and still be relevant. It's bad. Yep. It's a bad situation. All right, as always, we end with what are we watching over the weekend? So let's start with our producer, Shay. Shay, what are you watching? Well, of course, I got to I gotta take out a note out of my main guy's book. I watched the Adam Sandler great Hustle. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I actually forgot you were in that. And I was watching it the other day. And you were in it, and you popped up, and I'm like, ah, no way. Got to deal with this guy while watching TV. <laughs> I mean, TV star, like, that should be in the, the, the intro somewhere. Like, I mean, when you're a TV star, that should be put in there He somewhere. has an IMDb after him. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I, Sandler's the best. I, I love Adam. He's, uh, he's a great dude. Um, I love that movie. That was a lot of fun shooting that movie. That was, that was funny. That's hysterical. I, so what I, are you I, watching, brother? I'm sorry, Fitzy. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just, I'm, I'm just dumbfounded that you. I didn't know. So now I'm gonna go watch that. That, that. <laughs> look at me. I'm all excited. And I'm starstruck now by my co-host. It took yeah, me back. Okay. I was not expecting it. That's uh, hysterical. So what are you watching? What are you watching this weekend? 
So, I, look, I mean, obviously I'm going to watch the Raiders get killed by Buffalo, but that's not going to be my – that's that's too cliche to do that. I think when you start to look across the board, I think Baltimore and Cincinnati is the one NFL game yes. that I pinpointed on Sunday that I think we will get answers from, right? One way or the other, we're either going to go into full panic mode about whether Lamar can handle this offense and is it going to be good enough, or we're going to go into full panic mode that Joe Burrow got paid and now all of a sudden it's falling apart for Cincinnati. But more importantly, you, you know, when you watch the eye test for both of those, that's – I think there's so much on the line for both of those teams. I think that's the one game I can watch and know I'll walk away with something meaningful from it. Yeah. What do you think of this? Real quick, Fitz, you know, I want to get figgy. What do you think of this Sunday night game? Because I do. it's funny Brad likes the Patriots, and I kind of was leaning that way that I think everybody's going to be all over the Dolphins, and I think that's going to be a good, really good football game. I'm all in on the hype train of the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins right now have the chance to be a Super Bowl caliber football team. I'm I'm in on the. I think the Dolphins going to make a big statement on Sunday night. Woo! Got a disagreement here in the show. We'll see oh, who's right. Oh, I like Woo. it. I like Woo. it, Figus. And that was the one that I was going to pinpoint was a Sunday night game. We'll see it. To use your words, if they're real or fugazi, the Dolphins against one of the best defenses in the NFL in New England and Bill Belichick. So that's what I'm going to have my eyes glued to. Yeah, that's a that's going to be interesting, Fig. And then the other one, Fig, that you know, Kansas City, Jacksonville. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great one. That'll be a fun one. Jacksonville, see if they can uh, avenge what happened last season and take a big step against the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, that that'll be a big one. That could yeah. be a yeah. statement win for them. No, we all know the Raiders are going to be the uh, only undefeated team in the AFC <laughs> West. Of the let's go, let's just keep it going. Let's your, keep this mojo going. Your lips to Al Davis's ears. I mean, <laughs> Raiders are undefeated since I started hanging out with the fellas. That's true. I'm just just speaking facts. I think, you know, you never know, my brother. That's awesome. <laughs> Listen, everybody, thank you for hanging. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Fellas are out. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.